Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, the season may be over, but we at Redmen Plus are not done. We have got your post-season content covered. We have got season reviews for each of the four competitions that Liverpool played every single game in this season. We have got a whole host of review content, including keep, sell, loan, which Liverpool players do we think need to be moved on, loan, or kept tight hold of this summer. Our end-of-season awards from the Redmen TV live show. We have also got an amazing documentary looking at how Liverpool captured their first League Cup since 2012 in our documentary Squad Game. And there is also going to be a Divock Origi documentary. Our cult hero, our cult legend is on the way to AC Milan, but we're going to relive his greatest, most legendary moments in his Liverpool career. All of this content is available in video form and the studio stuff in podcast form. Extra bonus shows you each and every week to keep you tied it over to keep you getting from Liverpool withdrawal symptoms and get you closer to Liverpool the city and the football club head to redmenplus.com and join up join us get involved and celebrate this wonderful wonderful football club that we all love Hello everyone, welcome to the final Redmen podcast of the season um, yeah I don't really know how to kind of tee this one up to be perfectly honest I, I think obviously there's a lot of like horrible stuff that's gone on around the football in the last couple of days we're going to talk about it because it needs to continue to be talked about uh, whilst there are people out there spreading you know false uh, information around it particularly people in positions of power over in France um, and we're going to make sure that we continue to say what actually did happen um, but obviously it's red men so inevitably we've got some light hearted things and, and as ever we're going to jump wildly between tones because we've been doing that for 12 years we had one uh, in the, on the final word so yesterday where I went I literally don't know how to segue from what we've just been talking about to this so I'm going to do this we're going to go we're basically going to treat this podcast like the exact reverse of how Frank Lampard does post-match interviews Okay, so, so we're, we're going to start. Stuff. So we're going to like we're going to jump between like hey la 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 to like yeah, but no, but seriously, like everything's fucked. Um, but before we do that, um, we're going to grade goals while we do it, or the opposite of grading goals. Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes, uh, whatever it takes to to get through everything we need to talk about. So yeah, we're going to talk about obviously the, the the treatments of Liverpool fans over in Paris for the Champions League final. Obviously, Chris and I were over there. And saw and experienced different levels of just absolutely fucking shocking behaviour. Um, we are going to talk about Sadio Mane. Uh, and we're going to talk about the parade. So hopefully, what we get to do is we'll talk about all the, the the bad stuff and hopefully bring us back around to talk about some of the the really good stuff as well that surrounds this wonderful football club. Um, 
What we have got before we dive into this, though, um, it is the end of the month. We've got to do the prize draw for this month's Club Legend um, prize, which Chris Pajak will be all... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry that's, that's next one. Sorry, we, no, we'll no, get ready. No. We'll get ready. I, oh. I, I, I teed that up too soon. I teed that up too soon. We need to do it. We need to do a... Um, like I say, health and safety check, risk assessment on you lifting that from here before we do that. Um, but, yes. The one can I'll be fine. This month's prize. <laughs> uh, this month's prize was a signed Liverpool shirt uh, from the 2008-2009 uh, season signed by Dirk Kite and by Jamie Carragher, uh, which you, you'll be able to see if you're on YouTube on the screen and then me, um, because we didn't have a proper picture and we've already wrapped it up to be posted out, so we couldn't have it in the studio with us, uh, but it is there. We've got the wheel of names ready to go. If you're not sure about how you get into that competition, then if you're a Club Legends subscriber over on Redman Plus, you're automatically um, entered into the draw for those things. Um, so... We have all the name, the names on there. We're going to click to spin. Um, should we have a little drum roll? Absolutely. Come on, Pac-Man. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, shit. Hey. Uh, Dan W. Smith, 99. <laughs> Congratulations. You are the winner of that incredible, incredible Gosh. vintage um, signed Liverpool shirts and I say vintage to make it clear because obviously lots and lots of current uh, modern remakes of old school shirts that is a genuine shirt from that season um, Dan's in the comments oh Dan's in the comments wow congratulations Dan thank you so much uh, for being a club legend subscriber um, and you've won that Ross will be in touch very shortly to get you details brilliant yeah that's great that's worked out really really well sorry for calling you shit well, yeah. I just wanted it. Dan Smith in the comments just says, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan. Absolutely fantastic. Hopefully you live somewhere that the postage isn't too dear. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Can we look at next, next month's prize? Yes, we have got next month's prize. It's a big one. Um, it is beyond a big. Uh, to be honest, please be careful. Oh it's very, oh God. Oh they are God. very, very heavy. Um, oh, my word. He's like one of those guys who spins the signs on the streets on Hollywood Boulevard. Um... This is the this month's coming prize. It is this season's Liverpool goalkeeper jersey, and it is signed by Alison Becker. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. That's what she said. Um, Alison Becker. It is signed by Quiven Kelleher. It is signed by Adrian. It is signed by Marcelo Pitaluga. It is signed by John Achterberg. It is signed by Jack Robinson. And it is signed by former Brazilian goalkeeper, legend of the game, Tafarel as well. In fact, if you hold it just there, Chris, there, that's Tafarel's signature. As well as uh, Alison's is at the top. Um, yes. That is some prize. That is uh, the best prize we've ever had. I am like obscenely, obscenely jealous. We, we managed to get... We managed to get two. We got one for one for our for our office because it was like I, 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 you know I'm a goalkeeper, so it was just the biggest thing well, ever. Well, mate. But we managed. Well done, Chris Pajak. Upper body strength. I told you, extraordinary. Like a lion. Yeah, like a lion. <laughs> if it had been on my left. <laughs> yeah. No chance. Um, if you want, um, if you want to be in the draw for that for that incredible prize, then you join Redmen Plus as a club legend. If you're a club captain, tier subscriber, you can upgrade. Just go to your account page and upgrade on that. But every month we try to give an amazing prize out to one of our club legend subscribers. Just one of the many perks that we that we offer, as well as being having access to our club legend um, Discord chat as well, which is always really really good fun. We love having a little uh, mess around with the guys. 
and girls in there as well. In fact, you know, you can get involved. It's, it's, it's live now, so if anyone's in the Club Legend chat, you can drop some comments during this show. But yeah, I, honestly, you'll, you'll never get that anywhere. Um, That's ridiculous. We, we could sell that for a lot of money. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. So please do sign up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's great. John Achterberg was good enough to, to, to box that for us when we did the... Uh, we did a feature on the goalkeeper mural at the AXA. That's also available as content over on Redman Plus as well. A really, really interesting insight into his motivations and, and the design process and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's loads of great content on there as well. And there's loads more coming up over the summer. So you want more Liverpool content, you want to gear up towards the summer, you want to look back on the season. We're currently filming all of our post-season content. So I've done three of the four season review shows. The fourth one is filming today. Um, Keeps our loan for all the players that are in and around the fringes of the squads. We've got loads and loads and loads of amazing stuff. There's a Divock Origi documentary currently being edited upstairs. There's a League Cup documentary going out this weekend. Uh, and yeah, if you're a club legend, then you can be into the draw for at the end of the month. We're going to draw. And you could be like Dan. You could be shouting holy shit into a YouTube uh, live chat, having just won an incredible signed Liverpool shirt. So yeah, uh, go to redmanplus.com and sign up. Right. Um, Awkward segue, number one, um, into slightly um, less pleasant uh, conversation. Um, before we kick off, obviously, we'll, we'll, me and Chris will talk about things, but Sam Walker um, was on the <coughs> final word uh, after the game, the uh, show that Chris hosted on, on, on Plus and, and gave his experiences of being over at Paris. So we'll have that and then we'll come back and we'll chat about it too. Walked towards the gate, sorry, the first checkpoint, and about 100 locals stormed past, knocking everyone Blitzen ran at the police. It <coughs> went off, and the police just like didn't differentiate between who was who and just rioted, threw everybody out, blocked off that way into the ground. And I was with my friend, who's a, a club official who works for the club, so we, we can't be anywhere near that. And his old man, who we need to look after anyway. So the four of us just went to get away from here now because we weren't even worth waiting it out. It was madness. Walk and we walk around to one of the bottlenecks. It was ridiculous. Best way I can describe it is imagine a street and car is it Carver? I don't know what his Sky name. Sky Carver, yeah. Mate class. The way he described it, yeah. he was amazing. It was a street, a street, imagine a normal street wide from house to house with like maybe two lanes in the middle of the road, that that wide. And there's two hundred people deep, because that's what happens at football matches. People are slowly just walking up, everyone's fine, calm. And then you get to the end and there's all police fans and barricade, and you can only use the pathway on one side of the road to get through. She's so talking about three metres wide, and there's about two stewards and a couple of police checking. And then you've got all these locals trying to rush through. And then they're getting there and getting some, and getting knocked back. And then they have to come back through. So their two-way movement was causing absolute madness and, and, and pressure. If we were all moving in one direction, and you could see because it was flat, so nobody was going to crush because you could see what was going on. But because of them coming in and out and then trying to rush every now and then, it was causing major problems. So eventually we got in. And it was just like, okay, so then we went our separate ways because they were in a different block to me. So I walked around, met my friend who was already in there and we were in gate A just after gate Z had closed. And then, I don't know how, how, if you saw that, but that was when it was, they started shutting gates and it was just absolute madness. Like, I just don't understand. Nothing will tell me why, what was going on. And um, I've seen, gate Z was where apparently it was really bad. And one of my mates actually, I'll shout him out because he deserves a kick. Um, we were calling him a Tory on the coach because he uh, he brought like a full on suit to wear to the game and his hanger and all that. I was a little scruffy trackies, but anyway, turned from Tory Kirk to to Batman because he stood up on a car and was dragging people out the crowd. Mate, legend. He's one of my good mates, Kirk Langley. So uh, give him a shout out. He doesn't have Twitter or nothing like that, but if you if you see him shake his hand, three or four of them, not just him, who were literally pulling people out the crowd. It was that dangerous. 
Yeah, um, look, let's let's talk about it because obviously you know that Sam shared his story. I did a video the morning after on the YouTube channel because I woke up um, and look, we had to kind of get up and get out and get to the get to the airport and what have you. And I, but I'd stewed on it like all. I then I woke up no better for it, and then by that point, of course, I've had a night of the story starting to filter through social media, Chris. It was such a bizarre situation to be in, in that I, I woke up the morning after Liverpool had lost the Champions League final and I honestly didn't give a shit. Like, I, I've, I've still not... I, I, I'm aware of the broad points of the game and if I really focus, I can think about things that happened in the football match. But it sounds mad to say, but, like, honestly, the game couldn't have been less important. And that's... That speaks volumes because we, we sit here all the time and we've talked about it for years. European Cup means everything to us. You know, it's, it's for the Philippe Football Cup, it's a huge, huge thing for our, for, our, for us as fans. We love it. You know, some of the greatest moments of my life. Let alone the World Cup life. final for me. Yeah, yeah. For the greatest moments of our lives, let alone football support in life, have been watching Liverpool lift European Cups. I, I honestly, the, the the events that surrounded it, going into, it was, it was horrible going in. It was actually, for me, it was even worse on the way out, which makes even less sense. And it was the being in the stands, you know, we got in probably less, ultimately it was probably slightly less than two hours before kickoff, but we got in a healthy amount of time beforehand. And it was then the people coming in and there's people coming in in tears and there's people coming in and telling the horror stories of outside. I haven't seen some of it, you know, the early stages of it and what have you. It's insane that we should be here days and days after a Champions League final. And, you know, the... The, the footy just didn't, ultimately the footy didn't matter. And we're, we're very, very lucky, honestly, that we're not sat here talking about it being a hell of a lot worse. It's not, it, the reason it wasn't worse is not because of how it was managed. It's it's by pure chance and actually a lot of very sensible behaviour from football fans that, that helped it stop it being a lot worse. Yeah, I completely agree with that, mate. I mean, you know, when I think about the day as a whole, you can almost chop it in two because the first three quarters of the day was absolutely unbelievable. One of the best days of, of being a fan that I've ever experienced, you know, went 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 over quite early to the to where the fan park was before it even opened, was having a few beers on the roundabout over there in front of a statue, meeting people, you know, you know, there's something special about meeting people abroad that you know. And yeah. and it's just like everyone gets a hug. Like it's a full hug, yeah. no matter if you're abroad and you meet someone, it's it's an embrace, isn't it? Yeah. Cop hug style thing. And we met loads and loads of people and we were just having beers in the sunshine. It was absolutely fantastic. Do the fan park, absolutely amazing. And then we decided to get sort of, we were two tubes away, weren't we? We had to go and drop some camera equipment off. Thought we'll, we'll jump on one tube, we'll poke our heads up. And we'll have some food before we get to the melee of the ground. <laughs> the melee of the ground. How uh, shoot that was. Um, we got up. We had a little. We had a little bite to eat. So another mate joined up with him. You guys got off. Me and James wanted another beer before we we got off. You left about two and a half hours maybe before before kick off. We were fifteen minutes away. We'd done the route on the Friday, so we knew how long it should take. And you can sort of mentally work out. Well, all right. There's going to be loads of crowds. It's going to be a bit busier. We'll add on a little bit of time. Should have probably taken us 10, 15, 20 minutes maximum probably to get to the ground from where we where we separated. Me and James had a beer. When we went back, the train station had been shut. Now, here's where I had not really considered this before. The train station was shut two hours before kickoff. So for everyone who's telling me that Liverpool fans have arrived late, 
if that was true, which it's not, by the way, they shut the fucking metro. And not many people know that mm -hmm. because most people arrived earlier than I did. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there, there already is the first, you know, proving that, you know, it's a French authorities problem here. You mm -hmm. shut the metro. So Liverpool fans couldn't get there. Me and James got dead lucky. We saw a cab. We jumped in the cab. And here's where I continue to get dead lucky. I wasn't dropped off at the metro station with all the Liverpool fans. Yeah. I was dropped off on a road. I had my own problems getting in, but I, I didn't go through what most Liverpool fans... Are. And I would also caveat this. Most Liverpool fans probably might not even be correct because I think there was more than 20,000 around the rest of the stadium. But the Liverpool end, the people who got them in the Liverpool end with the ballot tickets or the, the, the you know, those people had it worse than absolutely everybody from what I can see after the game. Yeah. Anyway, I get in, we're dropped off at, at an underpass under these roads and stuff. And I sort of equate it to, I've done a, a border crossing between Rwanda and Uganda. Mm -hmm. And it's a no man's land of about 200 metres. Everyone decamps de de from the bush. You go through passport check and you have to walk through literally no man's land where there are all kinds of people trying to sell you stuff, rob you and all that type of stuff. And it was really scary at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like that. In that underneath there, you could see the French youths and you, you knew this was not a nice place without even speaking to your mates. It's just a head down, let's get through this. As I said, we sort of did that crossing the road run yeah. <laughs> where you want to you don't want to be like you're legging it, like you're scared, but you, you're a little bit cool. I'm all right. I'm going to just sort of shuffle across the road. Uh, me and James managed to get through there. There was a police presence at one end and a police presence at the other end, but nothing in the middle. It was fair game in the middle. So we, we got through there and to be fair, we didn't have a problem. Uh, at all getting through there. Then it was a case of, right, how do we get into the perimeter of the ground? So from where I was, I was quite low down. I was probably two or three flights of stairs below um, the stadium itself. And at this point, we, we found a, a perimeter, we climbed up some stairs, spoke to a policeman, how do we get into this ground? Well, you need tickets, you have got tickets, how do we get into this ground? And you have to go all the way out and all the way around and all the way back in, sound okay. So the perimeter had been set up, it was a big walkway, sort of diagonally going up towards the, the Stade de France. And as we're walking along there, it's hairy, um, and again, Apologies if you're the Liverpool fan that started speaking to me there. I was very on edge. I'm very uh, of the opinion that I need to get in here. So someone came up to spoke to me, seemed like a really nice fella. And I was probably quite abrupt because I was just needed to get into this football ground. So apologies if it was you that, that, were, that was speaking to me there. Um, and then people were going, how do you get in? How do you get in? I'm like, right, they've told us, please told us down there. And then at that point, we're seeing people. So it goes up like this, this, this sort of walkway. And we're walking to the bottom of it. And at this point, I'm seeing barriers overturned side on. And people are using the metal barriers that normally have vertical metal bars. They've turned it horizontal. They're climbing up the barriers and getting inside the perimeter. So without going through the ticket checks, because they're just climbing up barriers now. Just they weren't in Liverpool colours and they weren't in Real Madrid colours. Yeah. And they very much weren't wearing clothes that I see each and every day. Yeah. That's all I can tell you for for the truth. I think they were French youths, but you know, I don't know for certain. Yeah, yeah. Um, they look like Liverpool. Anyway, we get up there and it's starting to get 
it's sketchy. You can see like there's pickpockets around and all that type of stuff. I'm very, very self-conscious because I got robbed in Barcelona years and years ago when I was with, where, there with an ex. So I've always been quite hold my bag to my chest and my stomach type of person when I'm in those types of crowds. We get to the front, get, get our ticket stand, and it wasn't too bad. It was maybe 10 minutes of queuing because I'm the opposite end to all the Liverpool fans. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm really lucky in that regard. We get into the stadium. And we're like, phew, oh, we're getting to the perimeter. Sorry, I'm like, phew, right, sound, find our gate. Again, loads and loads of people, lookouts and gangs working, looking for people that they can pick off and stuff. So it's a case there. Hopefully you get in. James, you're around there. Sound, that get in. I didn't really understand what the queue was for at this point, but there was like one turnstile where probably maybe 50 to 100 people were trying to get in. So again, really lucky, not thousands of, of Liverpool fans, but they were all, for the most part, Liverpool fans. And, and, and the problem at our gate was that I had a digital ticket where I was sat. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll just say as an aside here, don't fucking send people with digital tickets that have to take their passport to prove they are who they are to those types of events because so many people got their passports robbed because they had to have them on them on the off chance that you have to show it. Yeah. I didn't even have to fucking show it, by yeah. the way, because it yeah. was so terribly managed. But I had to have my passport with me, which is an absolute disgrace yeah. when your name's on your ticket or whatever. The name shouldn't be on the ticket. It doesn't, like, if you're going to, or whatever, like, the paper tickets don't have the names on, so why are you yeah, type of thing. So that's that's a really bad p a point that I think needs making. Anyway, we got in there, and and part of the problem in our queue was th they have to essentially turn your ticket on at the outer perimeter fence. So there's no, the, it's got the ticket, but there's no um, QR code on it, mm -hmm. and it says get this activated. Now they tap it with something on the, on the perimeter fence, and it turns on. That's as simple as it was for me, but loads of people didn't have it tapped. So the, they were then trying to get out from the one turnstile to get back through a queue, which was causing issues. Um, I got, eventually get, get through there and sort of get into the ground and user texting at this point, like a get in type of thing. User had seen probably more of what was going on. Like, yeah, the men comes up on the stadium uh, screens, doesn't it? That, you know, um, it's because of fans arriving late and my brother's texting me I, I, again, like the French are saying it's you arriving late here and then he texts me again saying it's fake tickets and I've texted him photos of our end going, it's fucking empty, mate. There's yeah. no one there. Yeah. Like, this isn't it. And then, so I go back outside at this point when the game's been thingy just to have a look at what's going on and there's two turnstile blocks in front of me that literally got overturned. Like the whole fence came down and like there must have been 50 to 100 people, to, oh, 25 to 50 people maybe, I'm not sure exactly, who just storm it again. Not club colours, very much didn't look like Liverpool fans or Real Madrid fans. And I would like to say as well, uh, I didn't see any Real Madrid fan do anything wrong at any point during my time in the Stade de France. It, like, it wasn't Real Madrid fans and I didn't see Liverpool fans in the same vein. Um, so they, anyway, they storm in and they're just running up the steps and into the sta into yep. the stadium at this point, and they're just hiding wherever. And there's and the mad thing is as well, when I went through that first turn, so I thought there'd be another turnstile to check where you can go and like people check into your seats and stuff. There was none of that. There was no other extra turnstile. We were just in. Anyway, so I'm watching all this unfold and I'm seeing now tear gas coming up, and then I've got messages from Ben Kelly saying just been tear gas, gates are locked, blah blah blah. I was starting to get pretty scared and worried at this point. Again, my experience going into the ground was uncomfortable, but it wasn't like I wasn't scared my, shitless. Like, you know, yeah, I was that, lucky in that regard. That was my my thing on that. It was it was <coughs> compared to every other football game I've been to, my entry was that was it was it was scary. 
but contextually compared to what it ended up like and, and the experience of other people's, it was it was nothing. And that's a bit of a mad thing, like because I mean I said it on the on the video the other day, we ended up with the going into the Real Madrid fans because when we did our wrecking, did our shoot the day before, we just walked out the metro station, which was off from from. Um, Plastic Cliche was where we we jumped on twenty minutes. Port twenty Paris, minutes, wasn't it? Where we got off. Port de Parry, which is the one that says Stade de France on it on all the signs. So you go, well, you'll get off there because it's the nearest one to the stadium, and that was the Real Madrid end, which we discovered when we once we got off and got into the big crowd of fans. But it was so poorly managed. There was so there was no one that it, so much of it could have been avoided by having more bodies on the ground, just saying, "Where are you going? What do you need to know? Mate, which direction?" I mean, for God's sake. But but the whole every problem was exacerbated by instead of just having taking a sensible, rational approach to it, it was taking the most extreme approach approach to things. And it, it's similar to experience to you going through with the Real Madrid fans, is all of a sudden, and this happened several times before pre and post, people just start running the other way. And I'm sorry, but you're in a huge crowd of people and you're shoulder to shoulder, and all of a sudden people start running. You're getting knocked over, you're getting buffeted. I've got my wife with me who's like, you know, again, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have to be a caveat to all these things, but it's We've been to football games and never had, you know, you know, you don't expect to be fearful in those kind of crowds. But if people start running away, you start to think, shit, what's happening? Like, what, like, what's going on? It's a terrifying thing. Like, what, what are they, what are people running away from? And what they're running away from is the police. The, you know, because the, because the, the, because a load of what, and again, I, I surmised it was Real Madrid fans at the time because I was with the Real Madrid fans trying to jump the fences. But in hindsight, again, I couldn't swear in the test that there was, that they all had Real Madrid shirts on or whatever because. There was that many people, and they all start running from the police, who then start running into you, which causes a surge of like a gap, like a huge gap opening up, which is which is scary. And this is the point where someone tries well, to get well, into the I, bag. I, I know people that have sorry to interrupt. I know people that have climbed the fence as a Liverpool fan in Liverpool colours who had a fucking ticket because yeah. they didn't think they were getting in. Yeah. <laughs> And that, and the, but that's the, that's the exact, the exact, and that's the point that will 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 things like that will be used as proof against fans. But this is the problem. This was the problem with the whole load of it, and it even leads to five minutes from the end, they bring the riot police out in front of the Liverpool fans, not out in front of the Real Madrid fans, because they've been briefed. Liverpool fans are the Liverpool fans are the issue here, and and what happens is the it, it adds to the uh, the aggressive atmosphere of the whole thing. So you've got a bunch of people who've been loads and thousands of Liverpool fans who've been locked out, who've come through legitimate means as well. And this is the point. This is not an old school football crowd of people who were used to being treated like animals, which is again like if make a defence for it. You go away, all you know. You go away to European ways. You get some horrible treatment. Going to like police in Spain are horrible. You know, there's loads of bad experiences from like Seville as an example of it. People talk about the French police all all, all the time in those regards. If you're just a hardened away goer, then you, you're probably a little bit more resistant to it. But that's not what football is anymore. There's, you know, you can see it. There's kids <laughs> in the crowd. There's and I'm sorry, but if I've been trapped and I'm with my and I'm with my kids, I mean, again, I was with my wife and I was on edge as a result of it because I'm trying to take care of her because she's not a a battle hardened match going football fan Christ I'm not I've been all over the all over the world following Liverpool but I wouldn't count myself as one of those people I'm a relaxed like say fair go and enjoy the footy kind of guy but you've experienced that and you're right and that's what happens is all of a sudden you're like well I'm getting in this game because I'm due to be in this game so I have no doubt that there will have been people who've, who've, who've done that but people who legitimately should have been in but then it all adds to that atmosphere of the police are out there and you've 
you've you pissed off. Liverpool have also lost a football match by or about to lose a football well, match by get, this point. Didn't Tom stop someone getting into your bag? Well, exactly going it, into the game. Exactly, exactly. And this is the kind of things that happen. I've and Sai got his wallet robbed, and he doesn't know when, before, or after. The Met, the Metro Mayor of Liverpool got his phone yeah, robbed. Sort of like, the, the Liverpool stuff. players, Liverpool families, and, and, and this is my point as well. Actually, import more important people than me. And you and, and, and the average West And I say that with inverted commas to be perfectly clear on that because there are no such thing as more important people. But people of higher status ended up caught in this, and that's why it seems to be like there's been a real pushback from the club, which is very sponsors very, as well. So, yeah. you first, you, you, does anyone supporting your sponsors? They, they got caught up in it. From, again, I was here, so I was getting messages through, and I was like, it sounds pretty bad, but it just sounds like the over aggressiveness of the French police. Which I've, I've been, I've been away to France. I get it. They can be cunts sometimes, basically. It, but then when Ben was going no, Steve, like this is worse. I said, "What do you mean?" He was like, "The you, they, they park the vans, so the bottleneck on us all. So essentially, if you're at the back, you can't see. So you you just walk towards the stadium, yeah. and at the front, the gates are shut. So more and more people are joining at the back." And there's, there were, there's people begging the police, like, can you just move the vans? If you move the vans, we can all just disperse it and this is not going to be bad. And now there's people getting pushed. Oh, listen, we've, we've seen these pictures before. We've, the pool fans have been through it. I've, I've, I've seen videos uh, with, of it. With, to bring it, it's, it's genuinely what how Hillsborough happened. It's the same. It's because you've, you've got a, an, a, a bunch of unknowing people from behind Piling entering in. because they've effectively, they're not being told not to. And that's the, that's my overriding issue with this, is that... If you're going to close the gates, there should be there should be people along the way saying, you stop there, the gates are closed. I've been to... I've been to finals where I've been away. I used to go to Cardiff and they'd have three checkpoints. And um, if one closed, the one behind it closed. And then you, because otherwise, that, it's just, it's obvious yeah. crowd management. Yeah, exactly. And if you're just letting, if you're just closing gates, if you think that you need to close gates because there's people trying to storm them, okay. That makes, it makes sense to me. If you think there's people trying to get in the gates, whether it's Liverpool, Bremerton or whoever. But you'd have to stand have behind to, the crowd exactly. and stop the crowd from going yes, at that point. Exactly. And that's that. The, that was the thing. And that, that was, 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 was a massive issue, even leaving, even leaving the ground. So we had, we had to, because we were over the far side and we walked all the way around the stadium because, again, it was the way we knew to come back to the the, 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 the station that we we arrived in because that's where we were meeting you and, and Tom as well. well I, I'd said we got out earlier than you, so, so chronologically, you know, we got out there, we, we'd agree, agreed a meeting point before we go into the game, like we do for every big game where we don't know the stadium and we don't know the area. So And we'd been there, we'd wrecked it the day before. I get to that meeting point and there's just fucking police there. I'm like, well, we can't meet here. So I text you, don't I, going... Meters where we met Mel Reddy. Yep. Again, it's a point where we were all there. We all know exactly where that is. It's not too far away. We're all in the same general vicinity. As we stood there, a mate of mine, Dean, you know Dean as well. Uh, he comes over and he's like, Chris, I, I nice to see you, mate. I'm like, yeah, sounds shit, wasn't it? Yeah, shit. Right, I need to go, mate. I've just been tear gas twice over there, trying to go out two exits. I'm trying to get out this one before this one kicks off and stuff. So he shoots off down there. We sort of turn around. We're, we're about 10, 15 yards of feet away. What, I don't know the difference. Um, for, at this point. And then we're like, oh, what's that? Oh, that, that must be tear gas. Oh, my God, that's tear gas. So then, we, then we've been tear gassed outside there. And, you know, your first reaction, it's mad because it works. For a start, your first reaction is to put your head down. Actually, it's you just sort of get out of the way, and you sort of you're doing that, and then we sort of move away. And at this point, I turn my live location on for you, and like just meet us here type of thing, aren't I? And then as soon as I see you, I'm like, let's fucking get out of here because we're meant to do some filming. There was no pleasantries between us; it was all business. Let's go right now. And you, and you were like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> the problem we had was 
because we come through it and we as we're leaving the stadium and then Charlie's saying this to me, she's like, she's saying, stay away from the police. I'm not, she's and I'm not walking anywhere near any police. <laughs> Which is mad because they're the people who are meant to keep you safe. And, and this is the this is the fucking huge problem. This is my overriding problem with this is that the, the, the problem, the, it's UEFA's fault for the organisation of it. But on the ground, the agitators were the police. Yep. The police, and that's why I was so sickened yesterday when you got the French Interior Minister coming out and praising the police's actions, which is pathetic because they were the worst. They were the worst pricks on the whole occasion of it. And and of course, again, local gangs causing causing issues and all that kind of. As I, I had less experience of, of that side of things, but I, I spoke to tons of people who I know very well who shared their stories of those experiences with me, which we'll come, we'll come to. But. The thing for me, you, you, again, but you're in crowds and you, and it's coming. We were bottlenecked again, trying to come out. Bottlenecked, trying to come back across because again they parked the van across the bridge, which for meant no you had reason. for no for no. And again, because I think in their mind it's the slow, it's the slow the flow of people get into the station or whatever. But what it is is again it's just leading to backups of, of of people, and it was just it again. It's very uncomfortable. By the time we leave, because I stay for the for the trophy lift, I stay for the whole thing. As as a football fan, I, I, I like to see, if we've lost, I like to see it because it's I think it's important for me. It's an important memory to kind of see you've come to a Champions League final experience the whole thing but that's just me and you know we stayed and we and I'd done my video in the off off the concourse at the end so by the time again Real Madrid fans are all coming out by that point but again we're with Real Madrid fans this is so even if there's an issue right and even if they think it's Liverpool fans incorrectly think it's Liverpool fans we're not with the Liverpool fans we're with the Real Madrid fans so I'm you know, it's uncomfortable anyway because you're the losing side there's lots of Real Madrid fans they're around singing, singing songs and they're happy and like so and they find out again, just to clarify this, no problem with Real Madrid fans, I saw no issues with them whatsoever. But you know it's only gonna take someone to be a <coughs> a bit of a sore winner over something. Now we're not lucky, we're not like you had a red t shirt on, but we're not in like Liverpool kits or whatever, you know, we're not overtly Liverpool. Well, at this point Liverpool it was cold, fans. I had a black jacket on. Well, yeah, so it's, it's you know, so we're, we're shuffling along with the Madrid fans. We get across that bridge, which is where we filmed our show the day before, which is, you know, with the stadium behind us. You come down, and when we came round, again, it's normal, normal, you're heading towards the station. And again, we see it again, people just Run. running. It's bad because it's like, when, you, when you're walking in a crowd, it, you can feel the flow. Yeah. And it was almost like, it hit like a wave had hit the fucking side a cliff, and it was starting to come back at you, and you've sort of felt it before it happened that shit, there's fucking people running back at us here. What the fuck is going on? We just got down the stairs when this happened. But this is the thing, and this was this was what it was similar to me getting in. So I recognised it, and we'd seen a bit of it because I'd seen people people jumping the turnstiles and stuff earlier. And again, you just you and again, Charlie's going, she's grabbing me and pulling me up, pulling me away because she's terrified by this, and I'm scared, you know, and I'm scared for her safety and our, and our safety. So you back away, and when it clears. It's the police. The police are there. There's a handful of people on the floor who look absolutely and look like Real Madrid fans as well. Uh, yeah, but who look like they're absolutely fucked. Like you mean, who look like uh, you know? I don't know how they got to that situation. Don't want to. There was the one on the things. right where there was an ambulance getting called. That that person, a hundred and ten percent, needed medical attention. Yeah. Like you know, if you'd have told me they were dead, I would have believed you. But there's a row of police there. And, and you and Tom are in front of us, and so it clears. And there's like two pathways. Then there's more over to the left where everyone then starts to funnel. You two are ahead of us and walk to, are walking towards the police, and then the rifle and the rifles come up, and it's like, and again, this goes to the point. Charlie's going to be like almost like screaming at me, get away from the police, let be nowhere near, be nowhere near them. And it was another point I made on the on the video because she, she was in the flat with me the next morning, and she said it to me after thinking because she'd heard me filming, and she said. 
it was that thing. I kind of made, I made a, a little bit of it earlier on, but so there's a major. Something's happened that's caused people to flee from a situation. Where's the safest place you can possibly be? Further away from the police. No, but the safest be. place you're the safest place you should be is next to the police. Yeah, but I because, told you the truth. No, no, exactly. No, no, exactly. <laughs> but if you're in any situation in a walk of life, if there's a major incident and it's causing people who are crowded shoulder to shoulder to run, the safest place on earth you can possibly be is next to a police officer because there's someone whose job it is to protect the public. Literally, that's their job. And that was the app. Absolute, and you're, this is where you're right, the absolute dead opposite was true. Because, and I said this in my video, I, and I never knew this until I was taught by someone who's a, you know, a, an officer in the military, taught me that you ne- at the day are taught and trained, you do not point your gun at someone unless you're going to shoot them. So like people who are trained in the army, you keep your guns down, whereas they, and, but the problem with police is they are trained by films and TV and it's an intimidation tactic. And I'm sorry, but that only takes one person to accidentally, it's an accidental issue, accidentally slip, accidentally press the trigger, or somebody then, there is someone who's a problem and they do something stupid thing and is, we're just in the line of fire. It's fucking absolutely I can, ridiculous. I can hear Charlie screaming, get away from the police, get away from the police. So I'm obviously close to Tom, so I'm going, Tom, 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 they've got guns on you. And he's like, he, I think he knew already. He was sort of like, and there must have been three of them with the fucking rifles all pointed at him. So we're like, Tom, Tom, come on, come on. And we, we, we shuffle around, don't we? But Chris, and then there's, there's three guys, there's three of water, there's a little clutch of police to our left in front of these, right? Who are stood there just watching. And all they have to do is go, move around, please. Move around, please. Go this way, please. But they don't. They're literally stood there yeah. watching their mates with the gunsmen. And, you know... Again, it goes back to the crowd management. It is, it's, it is so <laughs> ridiculously fucking obvious. If you don't, because again, and maybe this is just the the culture of the French police. And the more stories I hear, the more it seems to be the case. But as I say, my logic will always follow. If you're in the in the, in the midst of a major incident, you want you want to be around someone whose job it is to to look after you. They're meant to be the heroes in the, in this in these kind of situations, and they weren't. But from the get go, Paul, this is where where it comes to. They're not because the the people who protect you don't stand in front of you with a bat on out and a fucking shield facing you. Yeah, that's not how you fucking manage a crowd. That's how you manage people that you're fucking trying to hurt. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's what we came up against time and time again. Is full on fucking. I don't know what they were, but obviously riot police in their full gear, who felt to me very on edge. Yeah, very very quick to 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 go. 100 mile an hour here. Mm-hmm. Nothing in between. There was no talking or anything like that. And this is the problem. I, 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 it's an, aggr- an aggressive stance, aggressive aggression breeds aggression. And this is the point, is that they've gone with the notion of, we'll just batter these people back and that'll, that'll, that'll calm them all down. Well, look, there's literally a fight or flight reflex that all human beings have. And it's not something that you get to choose. And, to be, and you can see it from us. Our reflexes, flight. Our reflex, <laughs> we, we had it in the pre-game, Tom's grabbing me and pulling me away from stuff. A guy tries to get in the bag, Tom smacks his hand away and goes, hey, the guy's then apologising to him. And he's, I have no idea what's happening with this. He's pulling me away, going, come on, we're coming through this one instead. 
sensible coach. Some people just have if if you some you know there's people who you hit them they let you back. You know it's just an, it's the thing and that sounds like it's like we shouldn't be doing that to police. You don't have that choice. It's literally coded into your DNA of how you deal with this. And that that aggressive stance is gonna breed for is gonna breed aggression from some people. And whether they're just it's like being walking into a story that you're not that's halfway through and you don't know what to build up to. And they've clearly got maybe got years of experience of this is how you should you should treat this stuff. But for me as a as a again, it's not like I I, I go to football all the time. I've never it's an alien situation. What what you guys were in I wasn't. When you've seen this minister come out or when you've seen so you've seen the screen with fans are late yeah. and then they've come out with the fake ticket thing. So they've changed the mind straight away and then the government have doubled down and saying like and the maths makes no sense. Like, was it seventy percent of tickets were fake or so just absolute like bonkers stuff? Well, if that's the case, that thirty percent of you though. Po- yeah, of course, yeah. because I'm, I'm I'm working it out with everybody else on Twitter. Going, well, if thirty percent of tickets were fake and the stadium holds eighty thousands, that puts it around about two hundred and sixty thousand over a quarter of a million of fake tickets. Mm. There wasn't that many people there. Yeah. And if there was a problem going into the ground, why was there a problem going out of the ground? Yeah. Where did the yeah. problem fucking come from coming out of the ground when it was just 80,000 of us, and maybe 85,000 yeah. coming out of the ground? There was no, you can't you can't have it fucking both ways. Either there's a problem before the game if it's because of all this and there shouldn't be a problem after the game. There was a problem both. And I just want to add before we, before we do move on because I think it's important to stay, is that when we got to the train station, the metro, we got on the metro, it's as full as a train as you're ever going to get. And there was no police on the train. Mm-hmm. And there was no problems. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which tells a story in and of itself, doesn't yep. it? Really. Absolutely. And that, okay, come, come, come back to it all. This is we're with we're with predominantly Real Madrid fans. From my experience, pre-match and post-match, the pre-match experience was was poor by any standards of any football game I've ever been to. And bear in mind, because we went to and I mentioned this on the video, but we went to Red Star Belgrade. And we went in the wrong entrance there. And we did. And and what what happened? We actually went to we went to a policeman and said. Um, where the Liverpool fans go in and he went oh god Liverpool fans Christ he always and put he, his arm around he us. literally like genuinely went oh shit come with me and gave us effectively an armed guard through to the Liverpool and to make sure that we were protected because in that instance you know their, fa- their fans were very very hostile and it was one of the most horrible hostile environments I've been in a football match but we were we were protected by the police in that, now, in that, in that there's situation. two things that the police do isn't there it's protect and Serve. There's the issue. They don't either. Then. Who are they serving? Themselves, the government. And this go back to that, mate. And I'll come to you on this one, actually, Paul. Like, you, you must be encouraged though, because I feel like for the people who are Hillsborough, and again, this could be, it could have been similar, like whether it was luck or whatever that didn't cause it. But they, one of the angers obviously was like they knew people were lying, and there was no camera phones, and there was no journalist involved. Now, if you look, there are like Sky and all the outlets saw this, this video of it. The, the French, the French, the, the, sorry, the French journalists are saying the same thing. There's people in Spain saying the same thing. Like Liverpool's response to it's been amazing. Like in terms of they, they've completely gone with it. It does make you think, like. You can, you can, they would have got away with it if yeah. it wasn't because they could have. If, 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 yeah. if, 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 if the sponsors weren't outside and the players' families and the journalists and all this, they just got away with it. But if it sounds like everyone's like, <laughs> everyone is pushing back at it, yeah. which I guess is an encouraging thing. No, it is, it is. And that, 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 that you're dead right on that because that was the fear coming out. I was like, I haven't got the mental capacity to handle this. About like, can we go through another one of these? And like, where the, you know, and because of course, the immediate reaction is, particularly because your access to this stuff is via social media. And on social media, you've got rival football fans. 
And the biggest problem with social media and even like YouTube and all these platforms is that it's actually opened us up to the, the thoughts, feelings and opinions of other football clubs, which you never had previously. You'd maybe meet people in the pub and people are a lot more respectful to your face and they're more inclined to hear what you've got to say. You don't hear, people don't throw stupid opinions out quite as freely in, in person, but you've got a load of like, you know, Liverpool fans, it's Liverpool fans again and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and I did have some questions like, why is it always Liverpool fans? And <coughs> honestly, it's something I've been considering. And there's two, there's a couple of things is that English football fans in general have got, I've still got a very bad reputation on the, on the continent. There's a thing to which Liverpool are get into these, uh, these situations and by these situations, I mean, major events more often than a lot than a lot of football clubs but we also travel in great numbers as well and I don't think and, and again you go to countries and they don't know how to deal with it. so they add that up and they see it as an like almost like an invasion rather than like a come and enjoy come and enjoy our culture and I say let's make it as, as as open and available for you as possible so the, the, it's like being brief from from the get-go like the, the, the fan park I thought was I don't think it was as good as Madrid in terms of the overall atmosphere and all that kind of thing but it was much better organised so it was therefore a lot better it was a lot safer and a lot better even then and, people got they got tear gassed like the second final but to the point and that's, what, and, and that, that's, well, that's what I want to add the post-match stuff so I so we're on and, and two knock-on effects that came, came from it Right, the fan parks. Apparently, some like a fence gets turned over or something. So the tear gas people who were you, watching this, the game. You sort of collecting shit after the game, didn't you? So this is what I heard. I heard this. So two friends of ours, who Chris and I used to used to work with years ago, uh, I bumped into them at the at the airport after the fact. And so Colette had gone to the game, and Stu had gone to the gone to the fan park to watch it. She had her passport stolen outside the game. She got chased by local by a local gang as well, and managed to massively massively get away. She'd had troubles getting in in the in. in in the first place, and he bit at the fan bar and got got tear gassed for being in a crowd of people watching the football. And what what was the mad knock on effect? And this is why I, how important I know it is, and this is why I've, I found it really hard to settle on it and, and and kind of move past it. Is we went we then got to the airport the next morning, and, and me and Charlie and we sat around. We got there quite early because the, you know because Paris transport's actually pretty good. Um, so we got there and we got there a good. Like, probably like three hours before our flight. It wasn't checking in yet. So we sat around and we waited about an hour. And, and Charlie said to me, I said, there's people going through. They're not being asked to go through, but there's people going through. She went, oh, look, I just want to go through security because I just don't want to risk any any issues. What happened? And everything was fine ultimately because of it. But what happened? And I was speaking to people on the other side. People were just getting through, trying to get through security as quick as possible because they were terrified of the same thing happening as the day before. You don't want any issues. No one wants to miss the flights. No one wants to be caught at security. And I was chatting to people on the other side and the area through security was probably about a quarter of the size of the area pre-security. And it was just full Every square inch of wall had someone sat against it. It was it was as full as it was going to get. And I was speaking to people going, I think people have come through because of it. And the guy, these two guys went, that's exactly why we, we got through because we're not asked. I'm not being caught outside on the wrong side of security if there's, a, if there's a problem again. And that tells you everything you need to know. The police start coming around the airport. You, 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 you don't want to make eye contact with them because you don't want to run the risk that they might see something wrong in you or, or question you or whatever. And that's like the makings of post-traumatic stress. You know what I mean? That's, it absolutely is. And there yeah. will be people who've got it. And yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping people, like, I, I know a mate I was speaking to him yesterday, I won't name him because it's not fair, but like, 
he told me like, I haven't slept. Like I keep I keep pitching him faces and stuff like that, which is signs of PTSD. And I said to him like, you, you might have PTSD. You need to go and get some help about it. And it's such a shame. And, like the only again nothing good come because it was a shit all. But I'm hoping I'd, and maybe I'm naive. But there's there's, there's this independent independent investigation now, and I just I hope. I don't. God, I know. You, I, the, the, as soon as I saw you for have asked for this, I did think, well, great. That's not. I can't see how anything good's gonna positive's gonna come of that because you are just too far influenced by money, and ultimately they're the people who've given it to. They've given this final to France. They've given it to Paris because of obviously they've taken it off Russia, and we all know the reasons why why that happens. But it's it, it it comes back to an error on you know what I mean and and I, I don't know hopefully hopefully the right things are the good thing is is to the point you know you've got I'm hearing that it's being questioned in the French media which is brilliant that's really good it it's, every statement is being pulled apart by the French media it's not just the English press and it's great to see why the coverage and to the point about important people like it, it's 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 a stupid little thing but like. Chris and Ben went on Joe yesterday. You know, you've got the likes of Jamie Carragher's coming out and talking about it. You've got um, a random one, but like Roman Kemp was was caught in it. Fan. Yeah, exactly, an Arsenal fan, but he, a Capital Radio DJ. But he's going out and talking about it, and it's it's great that it's not just. Liverpool fans trying to fight the case. There's people in positions of power. There's people in positions of influence who are not letting this go. Um, and you know, and that's the that's again, it, it does. And it's not give just me hope. it's not just them. Like I want to shout out first of all for information on the night. Cava uh, from Sky. Yeah, it was unbelievable in in letting people know exactly what people had experienced. Yeah, I think Dan Kay and uh, um, Neil Atkinson has been absolutely superb since. Especially Dan, he's been doing it in French. The interviews on all the French TV channels and yeah. stuff like that. Rob Draper from the Daily Mail, exactly unbelievable thread. Um, every journalist who was there, I think, has done a fucking incredible job of showcasing their truth. Yeah. And that's the that's the only thing that you can do. I can tell you my truth, you can tell you your truth, and those journalists are telling their truths. And what's funny is that all of our truths are overlapping. And, and I would look- just, that's the thing. If if, every, if if it was wrong, like your story wouldn't match with your story, with Neil's story, with Dan's story, with Rob's story. Like everyone's saying the it's same a thing. Fucking giant Venn diagram of truth that's yeah, coming yeah. out here. Unless unless everyone's just walked out and they've done the biggest collaboration of all time. It's it's obvious. Honestly, was- it's the video where it's the girl, the young girl at the fence. And the whole, the show, like the, the showing the tickets and the pointing down the way, and then just a random fan gets pepper spray. The lad is walking, the lad walking through the gate, and he just pepper sprays him for nothing. The lads doing nothing wrong. It's yeah. it's it's. So, and, and then I, I I'm not afraid to say this. I said this on the final word show yesterday. I went home and I was in tears telling Cat about about what had happened, not because of how scared I felt or or anything like that, but like. They were empathetic, empathetic, empathetic tears or mm. whatever. Like you know what I mean. But I can't even fucking say the word. I didn't think I did that on the final word show yesterday as well. <laughs> by the way, uh, you'd have thought I'd work that one out. But you know, it's th- as a parent, something changes in you. Yeah. Like as a parent, when you see you another just, kid crying, when you see another you're... kid, lad, it's fucking, it's heavy. It's really, really heavy. I saw, and I, I saw, saw it with my own two eyes, and I saw so many videos of it. And I saw, I saw that I can't remember the, the fella's name. Was it something White House who was, took his disabled kid there, and and it, the mother was recording the video, and it, it's all of their stories that's what what yep. made me break down. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe what 
we've experienced here as fans. And that's why in some regards, because there's obviously there's, there's videos of fans jumping fences and jumping gates and all that kind of stuff. And again, it's good to see that. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying that no Liverpool fans tried to bunk in. And I'm not saying no Real Madrid fans tried to bunk in because it, it happens in every, in every football I'm sure game. They, I'm sure it's shit he did. Absolutely. But the idea that like 40,000 people tried to bunk in is fucking horseshit. Like, I mean, it's absolute, it's absolute nonsense. And, it, the, the thing in some regards, I said the humanity of it is the most important thing on this. And the good thing is, is it's not because 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 of camera phones and because of all this stuff. It, it's horrible to say, but the fact that you can see it's kids and you can see it's families, that's the thing that's going to help it transition away from oh football fan oh it's football fans because again everyone can empathize. Well, everyone who's capable of empathy can empathize with seeing <coughs> young innocent people. Being treated like like cow and where Carl Clement didn't he put a video on his, his nine year old lad yeah. got got tear gas tear gas and kids fucking scum honestly yeah. it's absolute scum and whatever again I, I hope the investigation shows what everyone knows but again when it's UEFA led they say it's independent but then like they have this meeting and Billy Hogan says Liverpool were invited to it. it it already smacks of the cover up shit and I just hope to God that it is truly independent it really in does. some regards it's one of those weird things where. Liverpool have been through the worst possible, you know, two of the worst possible experiences where, where uh, uh, horrendous management, you know, and, and and football fans being treated terribly. I know, and, and Liverpool have been in, you know, at different degrees of, you know, issues around it from Heisel to, to to Hillsborough. Liverpool football club won't stand for this, and I thought Billy Hogan actually owning it. Doing the Q and A was, was yeah, brilliant. I thought him coming out literally, you know, almost in in the hours in the hours of the aftermath. It's not. It's not what he's normally there for, you know. I know he's like he's the CEO now, isn't he? But you know, he's been the the guy doing commercial deals. He's, he's you never hear from Billy Hogan. Really. Peter Moore was a very different CEO to what we've seen so far from Billy Hogan. But this felt like a Peter Moore move. Yeah. Yeah, and because Tom Rain has Tom Rain has written a letter to the French minister demanding apologies, just talk a lawsuit, and like, and it might be trivial, like, like the American owners will probably know the fuck the lawsuit. Someone like they, they'll know this, they'll know but every end. We've and out seen, of it. but this is the thing, not just fans, but again, in some regards, it's why we're, we're fortunate that it's not just this is. If this was just that, like a random European group stage away, I think we. I think we'd be in trouble here and, and so much what I mean is I think it would be harder to turn the tide the fact that it happens on the biggest stage and the biggest game of football with so much media there and again those people there's, there's Liverpool staff caught in this there's ex-players there's ex-players families so and all that tips, brother, Alan Kennedy wife. has to get dragged out of a car because yeah, he was exactly. getting like it's and, crazy and Liverpool are not going to let this lie and that, and that's and the sponsors won't either which I think is what yeah. we were talking about earlier on isn't it? it you know I, I know someone who was there with the sponsors and stuff and he sent me his chest cam footage and I've had a look through it and stuff, and it's pretty harrowing. Like, um, but these are these are people who pay a lot of money to to go to the game. Like, and the money shouldn't come into it. By but, the way, I'm just going to say that. Way. But it will come into it because they will not accept that they put a lot of money into this, and their people got treated like shit. Yeah. And and it, this is the problem. And I said this on that Joe video yesterday. Corrupt stays corrupt. You know, UEFA has always been corrupt. Um, and they always look to blame the people on the bottom rung because shit rolls down hills, um, and that's just the way that life is. And you know, to see that yesterday with the French minister and you know everything else talking about Liverpool fans and and how and, and how the police did a, a did a great job. You may as well have stabbed me on fucking Saturday night the way I felt after I saw that yesterday. How can you say your police have done a good job when there's videos of a man being tear gassed by the police for no reason or 
a kid being tear gassed or literal crushing outside of the ground because your police fans are parked in the way. Yep. So that is just a slap in the face to everybody. They should be ashamed of themselves. Really and and one, one thing I want to say as well is that Liverpool fans saw it coming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I think it might have been and I might be wrong on this it might have been one of Rob Japer's videos himself where he went out to the stands and there's a fella talking going um, don't let them blame this on us and he's calm he's in the queue don't this is the French that are doing this don't let them blame this on us this is two hours before the fucking game and they already see it coming and the fact that you have changed this story from you know fans arriving arriving late uh, to fake tickets and everything else you know they're, they're bullshitters of that of the highest order and they that something deserves to happen and, and hopefully something will happen because my big concern right now is that the fucking platinum jubilee takes over this mm-hmm. story any set any day now yeah. and it's forgotten about yeah yeah, no, it's true. It's, uh, yeah, and that's why again we, we'll keep talking about it. I want to share the, the stories. I think it's important to talk about it because, yeah, it's a dis- it's a disgrace that it should happen. And the idea, I think, there's lots of people who are prepared to write it off because they don't like scousers or they don't like the Puff Football Club. The- so this falls. There's a, a degree to which people he- people had a trouble in the game. Liverpool fans are there. Oh, it's Liverpool. It's it pissed Liverpool me off, game. mate. I was here. You you didn't see it, but straight away and like. I it was it was it was very disheartening to me, and I put this on Twitter like to see immediately the people buying that story and blaming Liverpool, and a lot of it is it's a, it's the theaters. So yeah. any any chance to get a, a dig in at us, they will. It was very disheartening because if Manchester if you know if, if Manchester City didn't score didn't lose that goal, game in injury time, they could have been caught up in it. Like mm-hmm. if Villarreal would have beaten us in that, in that game, they could have been caught. It, it was really disheartening to if see. If Liverpool had been given the other end of the stadium, it's Real Madrid, yeah, it's Real Madrid fans. Exactly, and it, it was ve- that was very disheartening. Now, I don't know how you change that, because people's data us, and that is what it is. Yeah. It's just what I do like is that there are people in the media who are there with first-hand accounts who are willing to push back on it. Like, no, you didn't see it. Stop talking shit. But I, I, I always feel it's like, and Jamie Carragher wrote something similar then as well. I was like, People are telling you what happened. Like, why you've got the fans and you've got the the, the authorities, and why you automatically play siding with that? We've seen before. Just because someone's in a position of power doesn't mean you always tell the truth. In fact, it's quite the opposite, mm-hmm. and we know that throughout a lot of our lives. And this city in particular knows that. It was very disheartening to me to see that people just jumped on and went, "Yeah, fans were late. Fans had no tickets." And listen, there are photos circling around of a lad who bunked in. I think with his dad, and he shouldn't have done it. There's a t- there's fake tickets being sold. They are like individual people or individual they these are they called it an industrial scale fake ticket operation where there was that many fake tickets first of all bullshit second of all your stadium should be equipped to not you shouldn't be allowed anywhere near the stadium without yes. a ticket there are checkpoints in place for these yes. kind of reasons you can sort if you think that's going to be a problem you can stop that so it's all none of it makes sense and it just smacks up what Chris said people are trying to people are trying to blame the people who were the victims yet again Steve, we went to Kiev not no problems, no problems at all. You know, incredibly peaceful. The checkpoint, the ticket checkpoints were perfect, and there was I know loads, not in the same volume ultimately because Kiev was harder to get to. Um, the, the, the what I said this on the video, but what the wonder it wasn't brilliant, but it was still people were being held in small in small blocks and being allowed through, and it was a bit it was it was we were stood in the sun in the in the burning sun with no cover and no water for longer than we should have done yeah. but there was a sta- there was staggered entry to the ground which at least meant that there was there weren't going to be these kind of issues we had no problems going to the super cup in istanbul 
We've had no problems in bars. In fact, Basel was impeccable. You could get you couldn't get within a mile of that stadium if you didn't have a ticket because of the way that they, they set it up. It seemed like a pain in the ass at the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can see the reason. But, but for this it. is but this is the point. It's it's not on us. We are going to an event and you, you, you don't realise it because you go to all kinds of events and you don't think about event management because event management should be almost invisible. It just gets you to the thing and you don't experience issues. But because you don't experience issues doesn't mean there's not potential issues. It actually more often than not means there's there's just lots of methods put in place to circumnavigate or to, or to <coughs> nip things in the bud before they can become problems. Even Villarreal, we, 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 got, we got stopped twice on two different and there were many of us like a couple of thousand two checkpoints we had to show your ticket before you got through mm-hmm. so the, 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 there are processes that you can put in place if you're holding a major event at a major stadium that needs to be considered anyway you could there could just be people looking to buy a ticket around there could be the youths or the gangs or whatever you've seen trying to rush in there are ways to prevent them doing it and you're proud to perimeters me and Chris went to the NFL in London and there was three times I had to show my ticket and I was like you know what it's a bit of a ball like but that's three checkpoints where people aren't. Then you get to the turnstiles and we walk straight through because at that point there's no issue. Because if there are any people do, with up to mischief, they've been weeded you know, out. You know the mad thing is, I was thinking about that game at Twickenham uh, and the exit of that game at Twickenham. They had a stop on it, fucking lights, yeah. by the way, on the road. So we were, they were pretending we were cars and they had like rights go red and green for us to take oh, man, Great crowd management. crowd management. And I was thinking about that this morning, like on my, on my way in. And that's how you that's how you can do it. If you're going to be on the road, fucking use the light system. It was a mad thing, but yeah. it worked. Yeah. There's ways to manage crowds. As we Again, <coughs> hopefully the independent investigation genuinely is independent because not only, it's not even a blame thing for me. For, it's more a case of like, don't let it happen again. Yeah, exactly. There's an Olympics in that stadium in a couple of years' time. Yeah. There's there's a rugby world cup I think I'm right in saying also I, I, I saw like there's there's major events at that stadium and there's a lot of issues and it isn't just getting in and out it's the area that it's in and it's the policing of it and like thankfully touch wood I understand people were injured and I get that and I've seen pictures with bruises and, and the guy who had the stitches in his face and it's horrendous but people could have died yeah. and if they don't sort the shit out again people can die and this goes to UEFA because they they're hosting finals all over the world now and they need to, Athens was a shit show Rangers fans the other day. There was no water. People were drinking out the toilets. Yeah. Like it's it it's their it's their competitions. They need to take ownership of this. West Ham fans got treated apparently garbage when they went away as well. Like it isn't just a Liverpool thing. It's, but if you're UEFA, your responsibility. You can't just say to the local people, "Yeah, do our competition for us." Like no, we will run the shit out of this. We went to the NFL, and again, it was in London, and it was NFL security, and there was NFL. There was American police. It was like it was you. For that moment in London, you might as well have been in America yeah. because there was everything. UEFA can't just go, yeah, France, yeah, Spain, yeah, Seville. You sort that out for us. There needs to be some responsibility well, the, the, for you know, it. The, the, to move it on on slightly again, the the, the comeback from fans of opposition clubs has Horrendous. really fucking pissed me off. Some of it was very disheartening. Like, it really I, was. I, are you for fucking real? Like, your hatred of Liverpool... Seems see makes you want to think that it was us when there's clear evidence that it wasn't. Well, I said this and it's the way. point scoring and yeah. fucking everything else. And this is the problem with the fucking world at the moment. If you're not that, you're the opposite. No, there's there's fucking grey areas in life. Yeah, there's people, but you got a bunch of football fans who need to demonstrate their love for their football club because and they hate of Liverpool, and and that's part of it. You know what I mean? So they can't be seen, and because people have got to constantly tweet. Because you just go, shut up. 
No, no, exactly. But that's the point. Is that people have got people have got to have got to narrate their lives on social media, and because you've got to prove, you've got to constantly prove you. If you're a big part of football, football's your identity, and your football club is, but therefore your identity, and you've got to prove that. And it's harder for some people to prove that from for other people. They feel it is. Then you can't be seen to tweet something like "God, it's horrible about Liverpool fans," because you might be perceived that oh, is that me? Because they don't understand the culture. They don't understand the culture. I enough. have to hate that. You know, the, yeah, you know, the math thing is right. Shit. You don't need an opinion. You do not need to give your opinion. You wasn't there. You do not know. You can. You, your opinion could be. It might have been Liverpool fans. It might have been the police. It might have been Real Madrid fans. It might have been the locals. It could be anything. You know what I'm going to do? It's got I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to sit and wait and find out. No, oh, Liverpool end again. I would mate. We were on the live stream of the show, and it was horrible. It was horrible. Again, kick off the lead and listen. I'm, I'm, it was like. And I was, we were getting the comments coming through the live chat and it was just typical Scousers bunking in. I've seen pictures, I've seen this. Here we go. Within seconds, there's a, there's these mad you know, accounts with the blue ticks and the, look at this video of Liverpool fans bunking into the stadium. And it wasn't. It was Liverpool fans getting pushed up onto a ramp to stop themselves getting killed in a crush. Yeah. And, and, and that's how misinformation spreads yeah. and then everyone's got an opinion on because it. Because context is key. And, you know, we've seen this. If you see a, a short clip and, it, and you can you can treat it anyway, God knows because you, you, you've seen that. You know, we go back to your issues back in the day. You're a fellow outside a football ground with an angry face and a polo shirt on. If they didn't know you, you'd look like you were just an angry, an angry, you know, you, you got the angry English. I get that all the time. Wait you got a skinhead. No, exactly. Honestly, you no, get people look like they didn't know. Yeah, I get it all yeah. the time. Yeah. I, I, honestly, even even like again, Villa Rails were amazing, <coughs> but there was a couple of points where they're looking at you, and like I asked the policeman because do you remember? It's, it's, uh, but like it was wet. And they had no rails on the steps, so people were coming out of and the concourse and falling on metal stairs, and it was dangerous. And I said to like a police officer, like, can't you one of you just stand there and tell people and, and just give a warning? And he just pointed the stick at me and like was like, get back to your seat. And it was like, sad. So, but then, but then, but then the Liverpool. What was good about that one? Liverpool had their own stewards in there in the yeah. purple vest. And I said, listen, someone needs to stand there, and they did. That's all it takes. It takes one person. And again, this is a minor issue, but like we saw like an old man, like 80 odd, fall downstairs. It was horrendous. And all it took was one person to go do that. And that's all it took. It was the talk of, right, there's a, there's a bottleneck. There's an issue. We, we, the scanners are broke. Even if they say there's an issue with fake tickets, you can just stand a couple of people there and say, stop, mm-hmm. wait, you'll get in the ground. Don't worry. And then you can go and figure out why they're shutting the gates. But also when there's people at the front and saying, can you please open the gates? We're getting crushed. For a man to stand there or a lady or a police officer or whatever and, and go, no. And instead to spray something in And just spray face something in their face instead. When it couldn't be less their, them doing whatever's happening. Is, is can, that, that can I ask a question of what, what you experienced in the ground? Did you see a steward? There was one. There was a steward. There was a gate in on each section of the of the lower tier, so you couldn't get it. And it was and our section was a little corner bit, so it was it was it was fenced on either side, and you had to show your ticket every time you wanted to get back to your seat. And it was they were keeping the gate closed, so they were they were obviously trying to manage people from going into different areas. So it was it was actually really Didn't secure. Have one. It was really Didn't secure where we were, but actually. Inside that section, there was no one. And the issue we had, and this is just a, a complete aside and pales into insignificance, was lads standing on standing on the seats rather than standing up. And it meant that there was older people behind who couldn't see. And so we were to, we had to then self-manage. And, and instead, again, a steward just comes should just come around and go, you know, no one was saying sit down. Everyone wanted to stand up to watch the game, but people were standing on the seats, which meant everyone's got to stand on the seats. And that wasn't you can't. Some people just literally can't do that. 
So we were having to self-police. And then when you get down to the front, and again, people who are just who have had a, a nightmare of a time getting in and, and the heckles are up and you say, do us a favour, can you just stand down? You're then getting in fighting amongst your own fans because nobody wants to be told. No to be told. And it, all it took needed to take was one yeah, once yeah. inside the temple, yeah, but that we, was we never we never had a steward on our uh, on the entrance to our thing. So I don't know whether you're allowed to drink in your seat, but we were all drinking in our seats. Yeah, yeah. Why are you allowed to drink in your seat at your way for events? You know, really. Different just wondering. Different laws in different countries, and I suppose. But yeah, yeah mate, never well, had it in a European away before. They always sell um, well, non-alcoholic. In, in Villarreal, we couldn't do that. But again, Bayern Munich's non-alcoholic. Roma was non-alcoholic. Go back to go back to the Rangers fans. Like there was no water for them to drink in Seville in the in like in May. Like this is your you wait for this is your event. It's not you. It shouldn't be left up. You someone's job should be. Um, just to let you know, um, are you, you going to open the water for the people? It's honestly though, but it's like they've gone. <coughs> it's right, mad. fans are back after a year. What are fans? What are football fans like? Right, let's get the fans. Let's get the fans book out, and they've gone to this dusty shelf from the eighties, published in the published in the height of hooliganism in the eighties. Right, fans are horrible, violent animals. You don't give a shit. They'll piss all over each other and fight and, and let and them drink, drink bog water and, and get caught in crushes. Again, the police are bad. You wait for it's full response. It's them. It's these are your events. If, if if we put an event on and it's mad, like a Red Men TV event, another venue, we're in charge of that event. It's our event. You just that's the venue. UEFA have to deal with this kind of shit. It's it's not on, and it, and it isn't just. It isn't just this game. This game was horrendous and a, a really bad one. Again, I go back to range fans. I go back to us and they've going away, going to Seville and getting your head kicked in by a police. Like these all happen at UEFA for events. It's up to them, and that's why when I come out and hear them straight away try and blame the fans, it was like nothing's changed. You just do not get it. You do not get it. The only reason they're doing something now, and I know what it is, lawyers have got involved and the sponsors have got involved. Yeah. If they had, if it hadn't have affected them, they wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah. Can I ask another question? Of, of did you see any Liverpool shirts? Because every European event I've ever been to, there's been Liverpool stewards to help you out. Were they so preoccupied elsewhere I, that I just didn't I, yeah, see them? I, I didn't. I, I couldn't. I mean, I wasn't looking. If I'm honest, so but I didn't. I didn't obviously notice any. Maybe the way I, I couldn't. I honestly couldn't. Tell I know there was. They had the police there because yeah, they, the military they, police. Yeah, they tweeted, tweeted, said, we, you, you didn't run. We've seen everything here. You've done. But again, wrong. it boils down to it. The police are, uh, should be like a a, a a last resort. But it was too, there weren't enough stewards, and the system for entries weren't good enough. I think it was Ben mentioned on a tweet about like you've got Disneyland style turnstiles. It's like, and if you look into if you look into bunking, it's a it, you're jumping three quarters of a meter to get over. Because I've seen videos of and I've seen and I've heard reports from people that are trust saying that the stewards were saying pay me to get in even if you had a no, normal ticket. Yeah. They're going no, it's fake. Pay me. Yeah. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's videos of people with real tickets and the test and like making get, making them crawl through and stuff because it doesn't count as a tick around so that you can get it, one it, through. It's it's crazy and it's not good. It's really not good. But again, it's it's I, I just again I go back to this investigation. I, I truly truly hope it is because if it comes out. Not, you know, if, if it comes out like previous investigations have done straight away, it's going to be uproar. And I, I just, again, I've got I've got a bit of hope in it because of the the accounts you were there. You're not just that because with all due respect, like if you went and give your opinion, it shouldn't be this, but it doesn't hold as much weight as a sponsor's opinion or a, or a journalist's opinion. It should be all the same, but we know you ain't for them treat us like that because we're the bottom rung of the ladder. It's the people who put money in their pockets 
that's who they, that's who they're worried about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we've had some super chats stuff coming while we've been chatting. A few of them don't relate to this, so I didn't want to read them at the time. But John Lee David Blackshaw uh, is one of our club legend subscribers and an absolutely wonderful human being Lovely as well. Fella. Yes, sorry. Um, I'm just happy <laughs> you and the fans are safe. I've never seen you and Chris so sad, but I loved then seeing you so happy in the parade clips. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, we, we we need to do our, one of our awkward sort of transitions here because <clears throat> I think we've done it. We've we, you know we've we, we've talked about it. We'll continue to talk about it if if, if necessary. If you want to get a, a you know, a bit more about like my experience when it was fresh than that on the, the YouTube channel. And if you want, if people are ever giving you any issues on it, please feel free to share this or share that video. Um, because I've had a few people asking, "Am I okay to share this?" Absolutely, please do. That's kind of the point. Is uh, I wanted, I want to make sure that people, you know, uh, as many experiences are, are out there as possible, so you can get a broader idea of exactly what happened rather than listening to you know some of the, the negativity and the false reports that are being peddled. Right, we're gonna have a, a very short break. Um, this is gonna aid in our awkward uh, happiness transition. Um, we've got a, a boss series we've done three episodes of the LFC draft there which is there for you to keep you entertained once the football is down drafting uh, versus each other Liverpool squads from a variety of different uh, circumstances uh, we did a Champions League one the other a Champions League winners one the other week uh, we've done <laughs> European versus World Eleven. the one benefit of losing the other night is that this content's still in date yeah we did yeah, we very did few Benefits like, of the does that mean you want to reopen the vote on the last one's <laughs> yeah, no, And then we did an FA Cup one. Anyway, here's a little look at the draft. Honestly, Steve, you've been on the back foot all the way so far. There's a chance for you, I think, to... This is like a, a Steven Gerrard first header yeah. in Istanbul kind of moment. I'm not that, I, I'm not sure I'm strength. I'm like, you know, like, I'm not 3-0 down. He's got Gerrard, Salah. Yeah, yeah, no, but to the point... I've also got one more player at the moment. Let's see how this shakes out. This, exactly. is, this is the most important okay. for Steve right now. Yeah. He can't mess this one I up. Think I've got, I if think... he overlooks the player you're talking about, he's mm-hmm. lost. I think I need to go for a modern player. Okay. I think... But do I not do that? Well, look, if you don't... Uh, honest, honestly, just assessing this matter, I don't know I what either of you have done, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't pick the player that I think you, you, that needs to be picked, Chris is going to pick him and you've lost. I'm picking Kenny Daglish. That was not the player. I'm picking Kenny Daglish. Mate, I, I can't let him have a front three of Salah, Mane, Daglish. Yeah. I just can't. But what you've done... Okay, we'll have, see. Okay, yeah. we'll see. Let's just... Let's just yeah. And by the way, I pick Liverpool's greatest ever... Second that worst. By, the, by the way, I think that was the right pick for him. I could not let him have Salamani Kenny. I completely disagree. Okay, well, I completely fine. disagree on this one. I think. Would you have picked Kenny if I never then? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'd pick Kenny Dalglish then. There is no one better to play between Salah and Mane than Kenny Dalglish. All time at Liverpool, if you want a someone who can play in anybody like that, Kenny Dalglish. He also gives me fluidity of formation because I can play. <laughs> if I do want to go four three three, I can move Kenny. I mean, but sh- sh- I know I know what you're thinking, and I want you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there is well, there is another obvious option in terms of the perfect man to play in between Salah and Mane. I can't imagine what kind of footballer could possibly, <laughs> that could possibly be. Um, Less but, than the world is mine. <laughs> <laughs> but Divock Origi, great pick. Great, Daglish. Daglish should not have gone as sixth pick. If it was, if, if you're picking all Liverpool's all-time players, he would not have got past. No, 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 no. Two or three. He should have been second. He should have been. It should have been, been Gerard Daglish's picks one and two before an eleven. I'm astounded. I'm astounded at both of you. 
Right, sound. Yes, uh, get all three episodes of the first series of the LFC draft exclusively over on Redman Plus in video and in podcast form. If you're looking for well. them, go to the podcast section on the website. Yeah, go to the press video podcast and you'll find them all in there. All podcast, all podcast. podcast. If you want to listen to them. There you go. Um, obviously, we've gone very, very long on the podcast this week. I, the Mane stuff, I, I want to talk a lot, but I want I really want to talk more about the parade. So just briefly on, on Mane, really. Um, I, honestly, I didn't need to land back in England to the news that Sadio Mane wants to leave Liverpool, Chris. That wasn't what I, that wasn't emotionally no, what I needed I, on, um, on on on. I didn't tell you on the night of the Champions League final, but I got that information about an hour and a half before kickoff. Yes, was that um, and I was like, oh my God, are you for real type of thing? And I just thought I'd keep it to myself. Didn't want to ruin anybody's mood or anything like that. And, and then I thought, what happens if we lose? Like, what, what's he going to do here? And, and so to, to then it come out the next day, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's, it was real. It was the, because I think I turned my phone on. I think I, maybe I'd seen it just before I got on the plane, but most people hadn't. So when we got, when, the, when it landed and everyone turned airplane mode off, it was just a plane full of scousers going, Manny, Manny, Fabrizio Romano, Manny, he's leaving. <laughs> I saw Manny's gone. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, that's not wasn't quite true. And, and what Maybe he's at the press conference. It was Ian Doyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I um, just want to, for everyone. I'm gonna say this right now. I think everyone needs to prepare themselves for the inevitable because we have one of these narratives every year. Prepare yourself for an influx of why didn't Liverpool sign a Manny replacement chat between from now. We did. No, we have see the, the, the flip side is the haven't because the reporting is Diaz wasn't a Mane replacement. They will not let Mane go until they've got someone boxed off. Okay, that's the reporting. So we, we shouldn't get in this position. And you got to remember, it's not like he just wore away. Liverpool have to sell him. Yeah, and he hasn't even officially told Liverpool yet. I don't no, think, it, as they, they, they literally did sign someone. His name's Louis Diaz. No, and, no, and but, Mane was a left winger at yeah. the time. Since then, yeah. Mane's become the number so nine, so they'll buy a striker, I believe. And the reports are that they might move away from the traditional three forwards can play anywhere sort of rumours. But the thing about it is, I mean, we don't know where Carvalho is going to play for the start. But also, he's a forward. Neil Jones says Liverpool say he's a forward. Yeah. But also, as a, as a point on this, and I know this Liverpool. I'm saying this. I'm, I'm saying prepare for it because we can sit here. We don't know. These are all. It's all. Here saying conjecture and all that kind of stuff. We know that Manny wants to leave, and he was, and I, and I got that sense from the media day when he was answering questions next to us, saying, "I'm not going to talk about it now, but ask me the day after the final, and I'll give you the proper answer on my future." Um, it was quite obvious that he was, he was wants to move on, but Liverpool might not because to Chris's point is that. And I, I feel like if, if Origi's going and Mane goes, and then you've got an awkward situation with whatever happens with Salah and, and, and Firmino, but they might not, and it'll be it will annoy everyone because we do this every summer where it feels as though Liverpool aren't doing business. But your point, they literally signed someone to play on the left wing in in January, and they've brought another attacking player in already, albeit a young lad from the Championship. And I would also contend, and it won't be a popular opinion amongst people who are who will rabidly froth at the mouth over the forward thing. I would be interested to see what happened, how Roberto Firmino comes back having had a summer off, because he didn't get that. In the, he, he, he's 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 been run into the ground more than most over the last few years, and he's had his injury issues. I wonder with if 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 having having a proper break this time around gives him a little bit more, because he was brilliant when he was actually available yeah, for us this he, season. He, he absolutely was, and the the thing for me on on this is. 
I'll be disappointed if Liverpool don't sign someone as a as a who can play up front for Liverpool because I think Mane proved over the last four months that he's the best number nine at the club right now, mm-hmm. um, and that's because of Firmino and his injury issues, and it's because of a lot a drop in form of Jota. Now, let's say the season ended where Jota had been banging form and Firmino didn't have his injury issues. Would I be quite so disappointed if we didn't sign a number nine? No. I don't think I would be actually. Mm-hmm. It my disappointment probably comes from the fact that Jota's game dropped a little bit towards the end of the season, that Salah wasn't really firing on all cylinders and that Firmino wasn't available. These are still three great footballers there and we've added Louis Diaz to that as well. You know, interesting to see what happens with the likes of Taki Minamino in this. You know, could we see maybe a Mane and a Taki Minamino go out and one person come in? Well, Probably Div- what I'm Div- thinking. Div-Ock's gone as well. Uh, yeah, Divock as well. So yeah, that maybe they do need to bring someone. They, 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 I think they've got to just from the pure numbers because I think they've proved this season that they can attack 63 or 64 games mm-hmm. and go very, very deep in every competition. Anything less than that now is a step backwards um, for the squad. Well, I just uh, a super chat from Ryan Johnston says I'm worried about next season with Mane leaving and Salah probably going to Real. How will we compete against City and Haaland without a Kane or a Son? I mean, look, I, I make this point. I make this point constantly. I we can't. It's hard for us to know, and it, it, it reduces certainty when lads you know can do the business leave because you don't know that lads coming in can do, can do a similar level of business. You've got to put it. It calls upon faith again, which is really annoying. But like we've had, we have this every summer. I mean, it's the point we you know we we won the Champions League and only signed Harvey Elliott and Adrian, and then won and won everything else. You know. That everything about you know the the Club World Cup and the Super Cup and, and and the league that followed, and now Harvey Elliott is a boss player that we're all dead excited about, but people weren't necessarily at the time. Is, is the point on but this? But the thing with the Haaland stuff and, and the thing that I'm, I'm I'm trying to draw hope from is that they scored 100 goals or there or thereabouts in the league, didn't they? They probably scored 150, 160 in every competition. They ain't going to get many more goals. The goals are just going to probably come more through Haaland mm-hmm. than than the midfielders and stuff. Um, they're probably not going to get too many more points than what they the, than what they got in the Premier League. You know what you might see is the four nils become five and the three nils become four, <laughs> but they still struggle in the games where they struggle in because they always have done. Uh, you know it's the same with every team that, 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 that plays like City and scores as many goals as City. There are games where you just don't score, and I don't see that they're going to get twenty more points in the league. Yeah. I don't see that they're going to score twenty or thirty more goals because of Haaland. Yeah. That's the way it is. The universe we're in right now is that it's nice to have a little bit of certainty. And I know City fans are just as worn out by this as we are, but they'll feel a bit more relaxed because Haaland's a name and signing names does just because. But like Man United fans felt exactly the same when they signed Varane and Ronaldo in the summer. That was like the comfort that they needed that they were gonna they're gonna be able to kick on from finishing second in the league and then didn't finish in the Champions League places. Nearly didn't finish in the Europa League places. So to the point is that. Probably best to trust in what Liverpool are doing. I agree that they probably need, they do probably need to go and buy someone else. The reports are as well, mate. Like they, they were linked with Son before Tottenham came forth, and that come from Alistair Gold, who knows Tottenham about as well as anybody. Yeah. There's been links to Darwin Nunes. You know, there's there's enough out there that makes you say. And the fact is, Neil Jones, who we know obviously from our show, is as plugged in as anyone. His little report was Sadio's going to ask to go. Diaz wasn't seen as a replacement. Liverpool won't let Sadio go. Sorry, Sadio's going to ask to leave. Hasn't left. Yet. He hasn't asked. Um, Liverpool will get a replacement before they get him. So there will be someone. They're not just going to let Sadio Mane walk out and get that <coughs> no one. It might not be the £200 million strike. It might not be Harry Kane or Son, but it'll be someone who these lads know and trust and bring in. And 
I I give them my. You can have all respect in the world. You can sign whoever they want, and I'll back them because look how good they've been at it. The track record is they know this shit, so it might not be the big name superstar. It might not. It might be like another Luis Diaz or someone who we know is good, but is not at the great level. It won't be Haaland, and it won't be Mbappe, but it could be a good player. So yeah. I'm quite calm about it. I I'm a bit I'm a bit sad because mainly because he's a legend. Uh, yeah, I love Sadio Mane is you know he's been he's the, been the greatest probably. You know, success of the Klopp here, and only because he's he's there next season. Well, he started he's salad as well. He, exactly. sta- he started. It. He was the he, first one. He was him and Genie Van Alden were the first pieces. The catalyst in Klopp turn and Liverpool from the team who just struggled to get Champions League into a team who's won everything. Yeah, and it started with Sadio, and Sadio dragged us to fourth place yeah. that season on his own. Remember that Ooh. first year? He he's been incredible and. I, and more ho- importantly, sad because RIP all the revenues off that James Redmond man is the best in the world. Uh, well, everybody's buying Muda fans can start watching it. <laughs> yeah. but it, it. I don't know what the ad rates are like in Germany, though. Hopefully, yeah. better. Um, but yeah, it, it's sad, but he's, he's a legend. And if he, he, if he wants to go for a new challenge, he get, yeah, go challenge. You know what? And Jürgen's always said that. And I always say to the players, if you want to leave, tell me early enough so we can box it off. Yes. Don't just do a Coutinho and just leave it till the last day of the time. So we're done. We're fucked. Yeah. If you're going to tell us, tell us now. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll, we'll try and look after you if we want. And that's what he's done. The idea that, that Bayern Munich, they're getting him for 35 million. I mean, it was like, I think I saw 20, 20, 20 odd plus eight in add ons or whatever. Yeah, I think that's probably what they end up getting him for there or thereabouts. It's my, and I, w- I wonder whether the Tiago thing is, well, is their bar- yeah, is their bargaining <laughs> position you know, on that. Like 20, Similar age bracket. Tiago was 29, wasn't he, when we signed him? Yeah. For about the same price. I think if we get more than 30, we've done really well. But my, my gut is it's around about 30 million total. Who knows, because Liverpool is notoriously hard bargain. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't yeah, I know, go for whatever they can get. Yeah, exactly. And you're left with the Genie Van Alden situation of what do you do? And I don't think Liverpool want an unhappy player, of course, and that would probably be the decision that gets it over the line one way or the other. But you're left with for £30 million, you're almost worth keeping him for one more one more year. Yep. You get, you might get, you'll get more than thirty million pounds of value from Salah. Well, let's do it with Mo Salah. Yeah, you could sell Mo Salah now for whatever, or you can just have Mo Salah for a year. Yeah, that Liverpool, that's they don't want Ronaldo. They could have sold one. Album. People think people, people think it's lost, people think it's lost money in some regards. It is, but there's two factors that are always to get overlooked. A, how much does it cost to buy a replacement, and how good is that replacement? How likely are they to fill those shoes in the short term? And B, how contracts and how our players are are, are put through <laughs> the books, which is so boring to talk about. But the, basically, the value of your player is spread over the length of the contract. So if you if you run, if a player runs his contract down and leaves on a free, you've actually not lost any money. You pay the player. Yeah, any any money you make on top of that is actually money you you earn. You can pay. You, it's a five pound profit if you if you sell them on the last day of the contract. Effectively, is you know is the is the if you if you sell them for that. So yeah, it it'll be what it'll be. I wish Mane all the best. Whatever. The other thing is, I think. One thing that people don't seem to realise is that they seem to get like huge bonuses for even extending contracts nowadays. Mm-hmm. So you could be in a position where you're actually putting a transfer fee in a signing on bonus yeah. nowadays for, the, for 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 players. And we're in an awkward position. You know, it's not. This is not. The, the end of this Liverpool team, but we're entering into the next phase of it. You know, we've already started to buy the players who are going to be here in, you know, in, in two, three, four years' time. Players who might be here one when Klopp's gone. You know, it's like Trent was talking about Canate on the on the, the on the parade, and I like basically said like I'm dead proud of him. I'm, I, you know, like, I, I'm like, oh my god, he's fucking older than Canate. Yeah, I'm like Trent's the old Andy. What's going on? But he's talking about like this lad's going to be with me. Playing for, for the you know what I mean, like that and that. that, that that's anyone who's of... at the front of the bus, Paul. 
yeah, yeah. All the, the all the, the, the new crops. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing of that. You know, in in Elliot, in Carvalho, in Diaz, in Shimakas to some to some extent, in Canate. Obviously, we'll talk. You know, Gomez is a, is a separate conversation, but he's still very much in that in that bracket. Jota, another one. These are lads who've, who've got who are, the, who are going to be part of the next thing, and they're all relatively new additions to what we've to, to, to what we've done, which is which is which is cool. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, right, uh, kind of touched upon it there. I want to talk about the parade. Uh, again, I did a little vlog on it. Joe's done a great video because we, we, we were offered, we got offered, it got offered, said, do you want to, do you want to be on the, the press bus? Do you want to get someone on there? I, absolutely, yes. I was hoping it was going to be me. It couldn't be me because of time. And Mate, I got the text off you and I said, um, been offered access onto the press bus. I was like, all right. And then the next text was, I can't make it. And I thought your next text was going to be, do you want to do it, Steve? And the next text was, Asked Joe, so I was very much. Oh, I was, I was very. Roy Hodgson, Roy I was, was lifting Roy Hodgson. It was press bus. Paul can't go. Asked Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Joe's done a cool incredible job. There is. Um, oh, that's there, brilliant. There's a, hi- there's a highlight to the whole thing. It's on YouTube on the YouTube channel right now. Um, and then there's a. There's a more. Is that the, is the one on plus? There's a one on. So YouTube's got the whole the whole thing clipped up. The one on plus is just the strand. You're know, the end of it, mm-hmm. like unedited. It's just every bit, every bit of footage that Joe got managed to get chopped up, which is absolutely. Incredible. And we allowed the music on that one. Yeah, yes, you can hear. You can actually hear Cal Nash's songs rather stuff. than our Rob, generic music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and my vlogs on there. But I, I think it got, hopefully it came across and I left it in is because. I needed that parade more than I knew. And I think the city needed it more than they knew. I know a lot of people who said, I wasn't going to go, but I went. And the players even said the same. I thought Andy Robbo's brutal honesty on it was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't going to show it was going to turn out. It's genius from Jurgen Klopp. It's genius from Liverpool Football Club to be able to organise that. And, and, and I'm so proud of how many people who did make it. The numbers aren't there that we saw it in 2005. The numbers aren't there that we saw it in, in 2018, 19. I don't know. I don't know what it's that still happened. half a million. 
It was just an expression of joy, and Klopp was clean to press. Like this was, this is for the title as well. This is for, this is for not being able to celebrate that. And I, and I, I said, I've waited two years. It's all I needed. When we were talking about how we get to Paris and back, the thing I said to you was, I need to be back for that that parade. I'm more asked about the parade than I am about almost any other aspect of what what we've done. And I said, once we box the FA Cup. That was it for me. Everything else was an added bonus. I knew we were getting the parade and I knew I needed to go and celebrate that team. I needed to go and do it. And honestly, I felt like a kid. Like, I was, like I'm, I'm nearly 40. I was chasing the bus down, like, down Queen's, down Queen's Drive. And I was like... Not for long, though. Not for long. Like, like, but it, honestly, it filled my... I need to be a bit over romantic about it. It genuinely filled my heart up in a way that, like, no football match has done this season. Yeah, I, feel, I felt really... I know, and I've been trying to say to people, oh, enjoy the ride, enjoy the ride. I haven't. I haven't enjoyed this season at all. I'll be honest. I've had highs. I've enjoyed the Man United game. I've had some moments where, which have penetrated it. But I have felt dead inside over the football for two years because I felt so disconnected from it as, a, as an overall experience because we've had success and I haven't been able to truly feel that paid off. Uh, that was just my just my thoughts I mean, on I, it. But. It was great to see that the women's team got, got yes. in it. They were having a ball as well, which was really good to see. They've, they've won their trophy. They deserve that. I was with my son. And he, he, we got there, and I was with Ross and his little girls. So it was amazing, like family thing, you know what I mean? And uh, Dan Club and his lads. So essentially, it was like the red men olders and the and the kids, and that was great because like when the but I was the same as you. I was like, oh, I don't know about it. And then I, I'm, I'm I'm obviously going. I've got to go. I want to show the lads support and stuff. And I get there, and then when when the, when the you know, one kiss, um, and I've got older Lucas. And he's looking up and he's just waving at Mo Salah and Mo Salah's waving back. So I've got my son waving at Mo Salah singing Dua Lipa. And, he, and I turn around and his face, he's got the biggest smile on his face I've ever seen. I was like, he'll remember that forever. Yeah. I remember going to the, I remember going to parades in the past. And again, they push out when I was young. I think they might have done, they might have done a parade when they lost at one point, the, the FA Cup or something. I used to live by Goodson Park. I saw the Everton parade in 95 and it still sticks out in my memory. Um, so for him to see that, and, I, and, he, and he just turns around and goes, Oh my god, Dad! Mo Salah waved at me, and his face, and he had, he was beaming, and he was made up because he had your lip because he loves that song as well. And it was like to see all the kids and the families and stuff and like you, you reference like footy's changed, and like footy isn't just like a fella's thing anymore. Like you used to feel like that. Like yeah. it's a family. Footy's become a family. Going back to the previous conversation, what makes it really heartbreaking and the other stuff. But like this was the this was the flip side of it. This is what it should. This is what celebration should look like. Families, kids, there's still room for your songs and your like. like people were singing a lay a lay, and it's look at the swerve, and it, it pleads for everyone. But like that, it was such a, a point of joy, and to see the face of the players as well. Like I think they needed it. They needed. They've they've took two bitter bollock kicks in the last couple of weeks. You know what I mean, like they have that league, that league ending with the two 0 to three two, and then obviously the final. Then it went on, and the they year that and the year that preceded. Yeah. Honestly, I I post match seeing Virgil Van Dijk crying on the pitch. That broke my heart, particularly because I'd had such a good like interaction with him in the in the week building up to it, and just it was just great to see him back to his best and him having to cover his face and being controlled. This is Pedro Van Dijk. He's a rock. He's you know he's huge. He's brilliant. We know he's the best in the world. He wanted, he, not, he might be he might be the best player on the planet. You know what I mean? But he's a centre half, so we don't talk about it like that. And to have him break down, and then to see him on the bus. Dancing with Calvin Harris. Oh my God. So I, I missed the parade by I think we got into Liverpool about thirty five minutes. 
after the parade had happened. She drove fast, that. I know, I know, but um, it was a long drive. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good 11 and a half hours of, 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 of since we'd we left. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have run out of petrol though if I'd have gone any faster. Like we were on the light, and I was saying, to, I was saying to him, like, I was like. A, I needed to have a break and swapping at Burton Wood when you've just done that drive seems a bit stupid. But also we pushed the fucking the limit on the on the petrol as well because <laughs> we remember when we got into Paris and the yellow like was just about to come on, wasn't it? And I was like, I'll fill up here. Well, I didn't fill up again from that, so I'd then done it on a full tank and like it was like maybe Sambachi when I was thinking it's like going on any second because I remember turning around to Tom going. Bet you the light goes on as soon as you go past Sandbach, because that's the last, that's the last main one, and, yeah. and, and I got a few more bars. Anyway, so if I'd have driven faster, the point is I would have run out of, uh, would have <laughs> run out of petrol. Um, but we we get there. I didn't need it. I needed the videos was enough for me. Yeah. Um, as you can tell by my voice, I gave home everything that, that I had at the weekend. Yeah. I mean, we're Tuesday now, and my voice is still absolutely goosed. Um, I, I give it. I give it all I could on Saturday night, and, and I, because I knew that I wasn't going to get there, I think I'd re- rectified with that point. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that when I went to bed, I didn't spend an hour watching all of the videos. And the one that got me was the Andy Robertson one because I'd seen the Jordan Henderson one where he says like, you know, bet one of the best days of my life, and that really resonated with me. But seeing Andy Robertson's first tweet being about the fans in Paris. That resonated even more for me because it's like I realise you've just had probably one of the best eight hours of your life, but then to put yourself back in that situation very much reminded me of Hendo in Roma away uh, in seventeen eighteen, where Hendo asked for the flag for Sean Cox and had that flag out. Yep. It's those moments when you realise it's not them and us. It's all of us. It's all of us together. Yeah. They're the thing. They, look at that. Here's like Goosebum. He's a wrecked sound. podcast listeners. Yeah, he's become so, a wrecked. They, these it's are the things that, they, they, they are that, the things that matter to me is when it's players recognise that we are them and they are us. Yeah. I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> sorry, we discovered the best part of all this. There's people who only only ever consume this in audio versions, and I, I we had good fun with that when someone thought that Chris genuinely. Uh, yeah, presented himself through the week. Um, <laughs> anyway, he didn't really get his knob out there, but he is erect. Um, the yeah, no, it was it was just lovely, and the whole thing again. The players needed it, the fans needed it. You know, getting the celebrations for the league cup. You know, in I've just done the league cup and FA Cup season reviews on Plus, and part of the, the ending to that is talking about that about being in the ground and celebrating with the players. But that's you know a small subsection of the people who go and Liverpool Football Club. You know, there's people who who watch every game religiously. They watch every kick. They consume every bit of media around Liverpool. And then there's the people who just watch, just watch, who just watch the footy. And then there's the people who support Liverpool. But it's like you just support Liverpool. You don't need doesn't need to be a forensic thing. And you realise that it, it it means to the city. You know, and then to, the, to the family's point. My my kids are away. I was gutted that they, that they weren't there for it. But but my sister was away, so I took her. I took her son to it and he's, he's nearely two so he won't, he won't remember the, the thing but it felt important to to have him there you know make sure that he just you gets remember it but remember you lifting him up yeah you remember it being in your arms in a big crowd and and stuff like that there'll be things that permeate that memory and you know in in the, in the in the later years i'd laid the clothes out for my kids before i left 
and told my wife, who's not a football fan at all, what I wanted them wearing. I'd been through it with Lyra and taught her how to swing the flyer, the scarf around. And it was hilarious because she'd swing it round and it would just get wrapped around her arm. And I was like, no, and we'd do it again and again. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not how you do it. And they know all the songs anyway. They don't need me to teach them the words and stuff. Even though Dave Ragamuffin stopped singing the fucking wrong words, right? It really annoys me, that Bobby Firmino song, that they know yeah. your version and, yeah. not, and not the ground version. Yeah. I know why you do it, but just stop it, yeah? Yeah. Um, um, so then we were like, I've got the scarf out and I was like, this is how you hold a scarf and gone through that with Lara because she never come to footy with me. So she had a little pink, you'll never walk alone, officially licensed Liverpool scarf, I must say, um, over her head and stuff. And then we phoned them on the way back when it just happened. I was like, what was it like? And I, was, uh. I was like, did you sing? No. Was it good? Yeah. Did you hold your scarf up? No. And then speaking to Lyra, just because kids don't lie, do you? But then I spoke to Lyra and she was like, oh, daddy, and the bosses, and the, so she absolutely loved it. Like, and that's just the different personalities of my two that's kids. Like, that's because Lyra's little Chris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, just absolutely brilliant. I made up for everyone who got there and I made up that we were able to convey those scenes. I thought Liverpool, uh, LFC TV, particularly given everything a lot of their crew went through over in Paris as well, being able, having to come back and be able to do that and man it. They, they do such a good job of that. Like, I, I, I'm critical sometimes of their production and the way they, hand, they handle things. I think it could be it could be better. It has gotten better and better over the years, but the way they covered the parade was absolutely sensational. The way that Liverpool organised it was absolutely brilliant. The fact that they decided, the, I mean, because like the City would said, you know, we'll do it if you win the league or the, or the Champions League and Liverpool went, no, forget it, we'll just pay for it ourselves and do it and it was just, it was a party atmosphere. You know, there's people there's guys, people who, who followed it the whole way. There's yeah. people who followed, who walked with the bus and ran with the bus all the way from the start, all the way through to town and stuff. And that's the thing. And, and again, one was of that, things, were they from the Paddy Lane Striders or something? I mean, yeah. Nine miles, that like. Yeah, but you know, you see the people who again, our friends trying to have a go. And I love the fact that Jürgen's become a bit aware of this. Of like, and, and it's important messaging for him to go. I don't care what other people think. Don't worry about what other people think. Worry about what it means to you. Focus on your own feelings. And I, and I said, you know, people were trying to make it out like you should be embarrassed somehow. That you've only won, you've not won those two big trophies, you, you, and we said this all along, don't we? Because you just got to compete. Our, our team competed to the final game. They, they played in every possible game this season. We had a comment, a super chat actually on this, which I thought was really was really good uh, from Connor S. She said the fact that we brought four competitions to the last day and won two can't ask for much more. And I think that's, no, that's and, and, and again, it's it's points that have been made by much more uh, well well spoken people than me. Seasons aren't defined by the last game of them. Seasons, are, you know, they're this full sixty three games, and that's how you enjoy your season. You don't live it on the last day. You live it. For the entire nine months, you don't therefore. save your songs for once it's won. No. You sing your songs during exactly. the season. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, the season was unbelievable. The, the season didn't end how I liked it. You know what I mean? Think of it like Game of Thrones. It was <laughs> fucking fantastic. You didn't like the ending sounds. Uh, still a fantastic series. You still enjoy it. You know what I mean? Well, in the, to carry that analogy on, it's a bit like what it was. Is a bit like a bit like Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's like you know, it's not. Is it was it the best way to to bring it back? No, but oh, it gave me all the feels that I needed at the end. It would have been better if they if they produced a nice you know chronological sequel or whatever that really did you know carried on the story. But instead, it, it's it, it gave it. It was fan service in yeah. the end. And I would rather fan service than no, than no and, service. And, and what I wanted to bring it back to is I still talk and we still talk about West Brom to all. 
in the future we'll talk about that parade yes. as a as a as a torch point for something that happens in the future yeah. and we'll look back on that and the players will look back on that and if that might be the difference between Thiago sticking around to the end of his career and not you know what I mean there are loads of yes. things that will win because of that parade yeah. because they'll want to do it for us exactly I, I completely agree on that and you can see it in how the how the players were you mentioned it before it's Jota stays on the front for the whole thing he's got the FA Cup for like the whole thing he's not letting that go it means loads to him Canate like basically like saying don't interview me because I don't want to miss a single second I don't want to miss a glance or a wave or, or something I want to I want to soak this all in was he singing Aerosmith I don't know <laughs> <laughs> don't want to close my eyes I don't want to fall asleep because I'll miss that baby <laughs> um, yeah um, yeah no uh, just just guys and you're dead right on that is that we can't know we can't know the knock on effect but my overall feeling on that is is that it told this Liverpool team who haven't had that out, out rushing outflow of support who've dug deep and you can see it Jürgen Klopp's like I'm on holiday now Jordan Henderson's like I need a holiday and like I need a fucking holiday we all need a holiday all we've done is watch it and talk about it and I am done in I am absolutely done in the workload that goes around the covering the footies a lot just people, people just consume it just follow it you all feel the same to some extent this has been a long old season the emotional ride has been absolutely incredible and it didn't quite give us what we, what we you know, the, the best of the best of the best. But it also, it's not the end. And I think that was a very important way to kind of close a chapter for Liverpool, but actually also leave it, leave everyone wanting more. It made everyone go, God, you know, we got we get that for this. Mm. Imagine what it's going to be like when we do that. I want more. I want to take. I want to taste more. It's given everyone a, a feel to what it really is to support Liverpool, to see Liverpool. They'll have all seen. I don't like. I'm glad we've not mentioned City Parade. But I've seen tons of comments about it. But that's the difference. We did with the last podcast we did. We talked about. I felt a little bit sorry for some of their players who were like the greatest players on the world stage, and they don't get to experience that. They won the league with the most dramatic end ended the season win. And they did a, and, and that that's the difference between Man City and Liverpool. It's not City's fault, not City's fans' fault. But I just was so proud of our fans for turning out to to show that because it just proves what we've said all along is that we're fucking massive and we love our football club and win, lose or draw. We support our we support our football team. Um, yeah, filled my soul up in ways that I can't really put into words. Um, Couple of comments briefly. Uh, Mr. MH said, um, "Thoughts on Joao Felix as a transfer to Liverpool? I would be absolutely made up with him." Yeah, he's always caused us a few issues when we played that Atletico Madrid, hasn't he? He's a good player. Yeah, very like good him. player. Um, Sai Banstead, I don't actually understand the full context. Of this. I put a tweet out in reply to Ian Young, who kindly retweeted it in regards to the parade showing the Holy Trinity to full effect. Good on Ian Young as a yes, wonderful man. Shankly's Holy Trinity. If the players, the managers, and the fans, and the, the, what's the rest of the line? The, the directors are only there to pay the checks. Have you referenced this? <laughs> the directors are only there to pay the checks. The players, the fans, and people who work on the te- I don't know people who work on the shop I don't know like, yeah, it's fine. good people um, Scott Hawks the, the man the legend the man who, who basically funds the YouTube um, with a $50 super chat saying I just want to say thank you for your coverage and the community this season I hope to see you in September cheers YNWA uh, Liam before back joined us before as a member oh yeah and, and I just want to make Someone that point tweeted, actually, didn't they actually that they saw they, they were surprised to see Calvin Harris at the five ways like what about random place to see a Calvin Harris gig by yeah. the way 
yeah, the yeah. chill wall five ways. Yeah, um, I want to make that point actually just on on that point is that yeah, I, we'll be, we'll, there'll be pre-roll stuff going on. We've got content going out over the next couple of weeks. We've got loads of stuff going out on Plus. Obviously, we're going to be reviewing the season in a very, very big way. We've got one review show. They're coming around an hour plus for each of the four competitions. Uh, I've got great panels of guests on, on all of them. They're available in video and in podcast form. So if you want to go back to it, and honestly, I've really enjoyed going back through the season because recency bias means you remember about the last two weeks and I barely remember two weeks ago. So to go back through the season and go back through it all, and all the like, highlights. Like Southampton two weeks ago. Genuinely, like, I'd be like, even less than that. I, I, honestly, I, honestly, mate, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, yeah, two weeks ago today. That's insane. Um, but yeah, we're visiting all of that. We've what got I did two weeks ago, by the way. Yeah, we've got keeps alone looking at looking ahead to the future. We've got a transfer winner summer preview coming out as well. We've got a documentary on the League Cup win coming out this weekend. We've got a Divock Origi documentary coming out in another two weeks on top of that, so three weeks, just about three weeks time as well. Uh, so yeah, we're not done. We've got you covered throughout the summer when it kicks off into the uh, into the transfer window. So we're going to have all that covered for you as well. And uh, yeah, just to, to the point. Thank you so much to everyone who supported us throughout this season. You know, um, the, the people joining us has gone through the roof. You know, our, our level of content. I think, and I, I have to, I, sometimes I have to say this, but I'm so proud to say it. I think we've gone to levels uh, beyond anything we've had before. Obviously, Steve's coming this year. Um, it's allowed Chris to go and do to do more stuff as well. Like I mean, so we've seen greater successes across everything we do. We've seen people coming in, people happy. The, the club legends thing, a brilliant. Being able to meet some of those guys in person uh, has been an absolute privilege and an honour as well. So yeah, um, if you've just watched us start the podcast for this season, thank you so much. You all help. You all contribute. Likes, comments, all that stuff is just brilliant. If you share the content, that means so much to us. If you want more Liverpool content, then I would say please do come to Redmond Plus. As I say, the season's over. You might be done. You might want to take a break. That's absolutely fine. We. we appreciate that but if you want more if you feel like in a couple of days time oh I need more Liverpool in my life then we've got you covered on plus in a, in a huge way and yeah it supports everything we do uh, on YouTube everything we do on Acast and Spotify and iTunes and all that kind of stuff if you like podcasts we've got podcasts if you like video we've got video if you want to learn more about Liverpool and the culture we've got features we've got documentaries if you want to get closer to the players in the city we've got all that stuff for you as well so yeah um, it's like our Patreon it's like a Liverpool streaming service and we do it for you so that we can do what we do and it's magic and you guys are the absolute best for helping us with that um, good pleasure Wow, yes, that is the final podcast. It, we'll be back in a few weeks, because we will, because pre-season will start before we know it. Um, but yeah, if you've got anything you want to discuss with us over the summer, please do get involved. Club Legends, or your Discord chat to chat with us away in there. We'll be present. Uh, stuff, big changes afoot for Red Men. We're going to grow. We're going to get even bigger. We're going to come back even stronger once we've had a little break to rest and recharge, because, yeah, um, one more day, and then we're all having a bit of a, a, bit of a break from this. But yes. Wow. Up the fucking Reds. Up the fucking double winning Reds. Don't let anyone ever make you feel bad about supporting this football club because they are still the best football club on the planet. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. They never went. They never went. All the best. See you very soon.